there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. Do you use Lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles Town, what's your favorite kind of money? Bitcoin Cash. Alright, hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency, going to number one, as always. This is episode number 48, Bitcoin Economy Analysis and Fork Divergence, featuring emergent reasons and cheap lightning. We had a last minute uh, change in the guess for anybody who was uh, watching the um, announcements, but we'll, we'll get uh, the Nick on uh, later. He was sick, but he'll be on another episode. Today is Friday, the 27th of May. 2022 i'm your host jeremy jet is doing the producing as always and joined by two very special guests so cheap lightning has been on the show before who is a satoshi's angel and a bitcoin cash longtime community member longtime bitcoiner telegram moderator just wizard of everything basically, <laughs> and uh, Emergent Reasons, who is also big in the like sort of BCH governance, I guess I'd say, works with general protocols, building a lot of the infrastructure and a lot of the sort of behind the scenes uh, stuff that maybe isn't as like the more casual users wouldn't actually be aware of. So I guess, yes, starting starting with you, Emergent Reasons, so your first time on the podcast, how'd you get into Bitcoin? Hey, hey. Uh, actually, it, it was uh, catching knives probably was how I got into Bitcoin, right? <laughs> was, uh, I remember back when the uh, Mt. Gox, all of that stuff happened, right? I had already uh, read the white paper and the price was like flying up to $1,000 or something like that. And I was like, ah, I missed it, right? I was like, that, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the plebs now, right? Because <laughs> I, had, I had known about it. And, and somebody had told me about it, but I thought it was total bullshit. And uh, because I was like, well, you can just copy it or whatever. And then finally, one of my friends was like, no, you actually need to read the, the white paper I read it. And I was like, oh, it's not. It, it's actually, this is actually a meaningful thing. And at that time, right, the, the price was flying up. I was like, okay, I'm done. And then as the price came like falling back down, it was like, oh, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not the, the end yet or whatever, so. Yeah, so it was just a um, money investment type thing at the beginning. But then once I got involved and started to know the people and the philosophy, and I realized, oh, there's actually, like this could actually have an impact on the world, could actually make a difference, could disrupt some of the things that are not so great uh, about the, the status quo. And um, yeah, and then just it's been escalating from there. I mean, it's funny you say that uh, you got to actually read the white paper the more of these uh, interviews I do and the more sort of stories I've heard right from different people because I always ask them how do you get into Bitcoin and stuff as soon as someone says yeah so I read the white paper that's that's uh, you know if there's many debates about what constitutes a Bitcoin OG but at, at least as far as this uh, podcast goes the trend seems to be if you got into it by I read the white paper you must have been there 
early on you know and i mean now there's now there's a lot of people that have you know haven't read the white paper at all right but there's even a lot of people who have read the white paper but they were you know they found there some other way into it and then as they got into it they kind of read the white paper but back when the white paper was one of the few things you could read that's kind of uh yeah that's kind of a a signal for how it is and i always chip lightning and i were talking the other day about um like you know way back before bitcoin you know there'd be movies like blade runner or whatever you know with like the cred stick or something like that and and i remember as a as a kid you know growing up i was always like that's total bullshit that's so dumb you could just copy it or whatever that's such a dumb dumb thing it's you can't put money on a, on a little piece of data and then but then after you read the white paper you're like oh yeah maybe you could <laughs> you could actually do that yeah and it's a crazy world that we live i've got it in my start here guide on uh bitcoincashpodcast.com slash start quick shill that uh talks about people have a strange idea or a hard time accepting that that bitcoin could be money even though like you're saying they are used to the idea of anything being money right people play monopoly and they don't bust out their wallets and get out real money they just use fake money which in the confines of the game they accept as totally legitimate right or they play a video game and in a video game people are always using gold in video games why are video games always about gold or they have yeah sci-fi credits or in movies right or you go to a different country people are actually very accustomed or they play poker and they use poker chips people are very 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 accustomed to the idea that anything can be money just bitcoin seems to have a certain for some reason people have a aversion to it no no that that wasn't it for me it was um i have an engineering background and and i was just like this is dumb it's just dumb right and I, I didn't know cryptography. I had never really studied cryptography at all. But then once you get the concept of the cryptography and, and one-way hashes and things like that, then you're like, oh, okay, okay, I get it. Well, that's also there is, there is a, a lot of people these days, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't necessarily like click with all those all those things. But and I was thinking today actually a bit about that. Uh, I, I did just happen to be looking at the white paper a little bit and the fact that it you know it's it's elegant right it's beautiful satoshi's design it just it just kind of covers everything and i think that's why the white paper was so convincing to a lot of early bitcoiners it's not it's not long and it is it is a little bit technical but on the other hand once you there's a lot of depth to it the more you kind of sit with it and i think it's pretty ridiculous yeah yeah <laughs> you can it's one of those things that there will that. be um like like anything else like uh democracy like uh um you know internal combustion or whatever the internet it's just it just becomes part of the fabric of things and you don't even think about it but you know when it first came out it's like oh that that's kind of a big deal that's a huge change yeah it'll be easy to forget well i mean i have a theory that that's an interesting point bitcoin will be easy to forget because it'll just become assumed i mean i have this theory that in 10 years or 30 years or in 50 years maybe that the bitcoin white paper will become one of the most required readings for like sort of undergraduate university courses i mean university might end up getting abolished by online uh learning or whatever but i could see it as being like a introduction to computer science uh you know, required reading firstly, but I could also see it the same in politics, in law, in philosophy, in 
psychology, maybe socioeconomics as the kind of decentralization thing builds steam and as it integrates its way into more parts of the world, I can see that being identified as, look, this was the, the point and you're going to have to understand these sort of incentive structures, economics, right? Like yeah. I, I can that's, just that's not how history there. works. They'll they'll attach Richard <laughs> Harper to it and be like the inventor of Bitcoin, and you're like, what? <laughs> maybe, maybe I I don't know the Bitcoin wipe. That's already already got quite a bit of momentum of it. Yeah, maybe you're right. Cheap landing. Get in here. Introduce yourself a little <laughs> bit, or you know, what are you doing in the community? Obviously, you were on the previous episode of the show, but we got new listeners yeah. now. What do they need to know? Uh, please check out the previous episode where I said the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, uh, I guess my, my story is a little similar to, to, uh, to John. Uh, I got into Bitcoin 2011 uh, after first time I heard about Bitcoin, I thought, ah, it's a scam. That's a scam. Uh, just, you know, you can copy, copy, paste, copy, paste. It's never going to work. Um, and then uh, somebody published uh, some article, I think it was in Wired magazine or Hacker News or something. Uh, said you know bitcoin is the most most disruptive technology we've ever seen and i was like okay i'll i'll i'll, I'll look a little bit closer and, and uh yeah same thing i read the white paper and i was like ah uh, this is this has got some legs to it um and uh yeah um i i've been a online merchant uh, since about 2008 or so um and uh at, at that time, it just, you know, totally scratched an itch for me. I, I didn't have to deal with PayPal or the bank or, you know, any of these other things. I can just get money directly from my customers. Um, and I don't have to worry about chargebacks and all these other things. Um, and uh, it totally uh, just made sense. Uh, at the time, um, I... I uh, was able to mine uh, using GPUs. That's that's how early it was. ASICs weren't even out yet. Uh, they were talking about uh, was FPGA or FAGP, whatever those flexible programmable graphic arrays FPGA. or whatever they're called. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, at the time, uh, you know, I, I did the safe thing. I bought GPUs because I thought, well, if this Bitcoin thing dies. Uh, at least I'll have some some uh, nice GPUs I can use to game with, uh, and uh, yeah, I just you know it, it didn't die quickly, and so I bought some more GPUs, and I think at, at most I had five going uh, at once. Wow. Um, yeah, um, and uh, you know then uh, got uh, <clears throat> got scammed multiple times by. Uh, 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 some of the very first original Bitcoin scams uh, uh, got goxed, uh, some mining company scam, uh, Cripsy, uh, Butterfly Labs, uh, you know, the whole, the, whole, uh, the whole range. And then I took a break for a while because I was a little bit disheartened. Uh, yeah, no shit. Right? Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I thought, okay, you know, Gox was kind of the final straw after all the scams. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, this, you know, this, this is either going to be the nail in the coffin or it isn't. Um, and so uh, I'll let, uh, I'll let, I'll let the devs do something. And uh... devs, please. <laughs> 
Can yeah. devs do something? Yeah. Can devs do something? Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'll let the devs do something. I'll let them try and figure this out. Um, and uh, of course, it wasn't the devs that that did anything. But uh, I just, you know, I really thought, okay, well, if this is going to die, it's probably going to die now. Um, and I'll just let it go for a while um, and uh, see what happens. But of course, you know, I still accepted it in my store, and there's still a trickle of customers who wanted to pay in Bitcoin, and and I only accepted Bitcoin. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, you know smooth sailing until I guess I mean I could check, but uh, 2016 or 15 or so, yeah. Uh, yeah. when I got an email from a customer who said you know i'm what's why are you charging such high fees and i said what are you talking about because up until that point you know every bitcoin transaction i'd ever made uh didn't register like the fees like you set it to minimum like it was or or nothing you could set it you literally could set it to nothing and it would still get in um and so i was like oh i'm sorry maybe my settings are wrong and you know got maybe the plugin you know didn't update or something um but uh, no it was uh bitcoin was broken <clears throat> and that's when i started getting into uh the debate uh, um just reading what was going on of course at that time i didn't think you know i'm just i'm just a merchant i can't do anything i have no influence uh, i ran i ran a full node um but uh you know other than that i wasn't uh, i'd stopped mining ages ago uh, it wasn't profitable anymore um and uh, yeah, I just started looking into things and thinking, like, how did we get here? Um, and uh, it became very clear to me right away that something was rotten. Um, and uh, yeah, when uh, when uh, the uh, the split happened, uh, it was pretty obvious to me which way I wanted to go, um, which was, you know, the ideology of what Bitcoin is supposed to be, which is money for the world. And uh, um you know, it, it had already been uh, demonstrated to me that it was the the path that we were on at that point uh, was not the path uh, that was going to be a success as far as peer to peer electronic cash. Uh, and that's the only thing I cared about uh, was was money for the world. So, um, yeah, uh, that's that's my history um, as far. I don't want to. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, I just was going to comment that it's funny when you said, oh, I got scammed by some of these earlier scams. And I was thinking back to those scams and I thought, wow, the scams have really got a lot more sophisticated these oh, days. Yeah. Like as the oh, scene yeah. has got better, the scams have got <clears throat> better too. You know, back then people, crypto investors now, they would just breeze straight past the scams of old because they wouldn't be convincing. But that was the whole scene was shitty back then so you know the the it, it was in parallel right that the actual legit stuff was kind of crap and the scams were kind of <laughs> crap so you're having a hard time figuring out what was what and now the legit sure. stuff is better but the scams are better so it's still the same problem oh yeah well it's it's like the uh the, the as the the scams um they're almost like a a, a trial of passage like like the white yeah. paper right like you know somebody's actually been using crypto if they've been scammed at some point. Right? Like if you haven't, you're like, it's you true. probably haven't actually been using crypto. It's like and, my computer it's good, science, right? You like you start to get your your kind of mental immune system built up. Like, okay, there are people out there who just constantly will try to scam you. So. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it's like my, my computer science teacher said, there's two kinds of people out there, those who have lost data and those who will lose data. And uh, <laughs> I feel the same about uh, about uh, crypto in general now is there's two kinds of people, those who have been scammed and those who will be scammed. Uh, well, really... well, it, it, it's... Uh, it, it's... It's more you've been you've been cloistered, right, by by whatever things that are supposed to protect you or whatever. But it really you kind of realize later on you're like, oh, I was, man, I was extremely naive about you know sure. how things actually yeah. work. And and it's and it's I don't know. It feels much better to be aware that okay, there's you know you have to be aware. You have to keep your wits about you. You can't just um, you know assume somebody's going to take care of you all the time. So yeah, it, it sucks, but it feels better later to understand you learn how, experience how things actually work, right? yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. teaches best. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you got to get burned uh, one way or another, but anyway, you push through to the other side and here we all are today, nice and happy. So it's all, it all worked out for the best onto the price <laughs> uh, on the way down this week. <laughs> Uh, crypto markets have been kind of a bit low uh, after the UST uh, blow up. But that said, it also hasn't been the end of the world. It's been bad. But, uh, you know, to be honest, I would say in hindsight that the crypto markets have held up better than I expected. And I think I would attribute that partly to uh, the fact that crypto yeah, is just slowly maturing and slowly there is more and more people who avoid each scam, even quite big ones. But on the other hand, also, it seems like the UST blow up might have been, even though there was obviously retail investors caught up in it, there was seemed to have been a large chunk of institutions who were busy, you know, pouring their billions in there. And it just is the same thing, right? Even if somebody's in charge of $20 billion, that doesn't mean they're an experienced crypto investor. It just meant they happened to be the guy in the Wall Street office or whatever who had access to the 20 billion and they, you know, go all in on UST two and then two days later they're <laughs> shit out of luck and like, <laughs> you know um so anyway the, the usd one bch 183 dollars one bbc buys 160 bch so big uh, ratio there at the moment and uh monero i want to give a special shout out to the monero community flipped bch this week very briefly for like less than a day but you know in the war for legitimate peer-to-peer cash contenders they did uh get up there for the first time ever but bch now the first now back time up, but uh, i i believe so i think this is the mm. first time that uh that's happened is is it not i'm sure i have no idea <laughs> I, th- I think i think i think it is but you know maybe we were all just higher before like maybe we were all in the top 10 before and that's just what i remember I yeah know. yeah well bch you know was like got highest at number three and even right. when I started this show, actually, it's funny, you watch the first episode, we're at number nine. Uh, but then when you look at the top, like the ones that are above us now, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of junk in there. Like, the, yeah, when you look back at those old uh, mm-hmm. coin market cap uh, rankings, even from, yeah, a year ago or something, you're like, oh, man. And then you look now and you look at the 2017 ones, you're like, half of these coins are gone. And that's another thing people really don't, understand i don't think you know about that's one of the part of getting scammed right you've got to know is is my money going to be here literally in three years if i just fucked off today and left it in there when i came back would this still be a thing you know in the top 50 there's probably like 
less than 10, maybe like seven or eight projects that you could actually reliably yeah. expect that from, I'd say. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. I don't, I don't want to get into talk about BTC or whatever, but that's actually one of the things I challenge people with when they're like, Lightning Network would totally um, serve the purpose of a you know, general purpose scaling for, for BTC. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll bet you any amount you want you know, to, to leave your money, you know, take $100,000, take a million dollars, put it on Lightning Network and just leave it there and walk away and don't look back. <laughs> you won't do it. <laughs> Nobody will yeah. do that, right? <laughs> put your money <laughs> where your mouth is. the network's still there, your money may not be there. Yeah, skin in the game. That's, that's it. And I guess that's another... Oh, it's funny because that actually links back to what you were saying about the cryptography, which is the, the fundamental idea once you drill into it a bit you know that private keys are just numbers right and so even as much as people might have changed and upgraded you know bitcoin since the early days and with you know hard forks and all these kind of different things being enabled and disabled and stuff the fact is your private keys are still your private keys and they forever will be right nobody's going to be changing that just, around just set some news alerts for quantum you know cryptography <laughs> and then call it a day and you'll be even, all right even that you'd probably be okay because presumably the once we get that kind of stuff on the on the horizon you know the community is obviously going to fork yeah. in some kind of defense against it yeah, and yeah, they have to do it in a way that like almost certainly maybe not maybe not it'll see it'll depend what happens but uh, almost certainly it would be in a way that would protect people who didn't move their coins because everybody knows like so many people with their coins in cold storage. And yeah, then yeah. what if Satoshi's coins get taken out by quantum <gasps> computing? Everyone would be like, that's a bit dog. Like, you know, Satoshi should still have their coins. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's much you can do about that except for freezing old coins, but I don't, I don't know. What do you mean? Adding quantum resistance? Isn't there, there's ways you can you can upgrade it right to have more quantum resistance without screwing up the existing addresses like if we we change the addresses from the bitcoin format to the bth format i know that's not exactly the same right but it shows that you could you could add another layer in there kind of thing i'm not sure maybe <laughs> i'm not well, thought about it not not a problem we have to deal with uh, quite yet next slide <laughs> is the transactions which have been down a little bit this uh week bch has uh dipped off a bit it's been slowly growing from 40 45k up to about 70k over a few months and has now dipped back down to 30k i was a bit surprised by this but then uh it seems that not actual a lot of sort of i don't want to say legitimate traffic but like the actual the transactions that have been lost there hasn't been a huge shrink in the actual economy because the active addresses and other sort of indicators of network traffic and whatever basically haven't really moved so it seems like if anything there's been a loss of about twenty thousand. you know maybe noise.cash put in some slightly better batching or somebody was testing some kind of micro transactions and they stopped doing it or something like that but the uh yeah, the, the transaction number have, have dropped, but seemingly no <laughs> no actual, you know, the economy is not shrinking, though I don't think. Um, Has anyone but this... checked other than Coindance? Uh, maybe just their node. Uh, yeah. It just seems weird to me, right? That could also be be the case. Maybe, yeah, maybe, 
maybe that was it. I didn't even think to check another check another site because it's now been like three or four days, so it seems legitimate to me. But I I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe it could just be them. But yeah, uh, John, tell me, do you follow on chain metrics much? What do you think about that? Is it all voodoo or is it useful? Or is it in the middle somewhere? How do you treat assessing the, you know, crypto through the lens yeah. of on-chain stats? Yeah, I don't, I don't really look at those very much, right? Because, um, I mean, to, to some degree, they're, they're, I mean, they're all very kind of distant proxies, right, for what's actually going on. And I think, uh, I don't know, from my perspective, when, when things are actually moving in a commerce, you know, in terms of commerce and economy, it's going to be much more obvious that, that things are happening. I'm not sure that that on-chain metrics will be necessary to know that it's happening. It'll be more like a, a measure of what's happening. So mm. I don't know, for, for me, it feels like a little bit of a tea leaf, tea leaf reading, but, but I'm sure there's some, some interesting stuff going on in there. Um, like I saw the stuff going on yesterday with uh, with that some consolidation, some crazy thing going on. Occasionally, I see uh, some people doing application testing that that just uh, throws uh, transactions up. Um, yeah, so I, there's some interesting stuff in there, but I don't keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's been personally. I actually, I, mean, I enjoy the, the numbers I'm looking for are, are revenue and profit and, <laughs> and yeah, things yeah. like that, right? Um, yeah, and whether Bitcoin Cash helps me to, to, to make those happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to get into a bit of that in a minute. It's is really how do you assess the success of your currency? And I think different cryptocurrencies, both individuals obviously have different takes according to their own whims and experience and background yeah, and whatever, yeah. but different communities also look for very different things as to whether like we are doing a good job, right? Famously, BDC you know, it's a lot about the price, right? If the price is going up, then that means the market's telling us we're doing great, even if, you know, retail adoption is plunging, for instance, or like with Ethereum, they now they love this metric. Are we burning more ETH? If we're burning more ETH, gosh, we are the most in-demand, you know, crypto, even if fees are going up or even if there's more and more Ethereum killers or, you know, even if the merge takes longer, right? So there's all kinds of different uh, metrics that I think, you know, yeah, we'll talk about the ones that BCH community finds important in a sec. So but we, yeah, go on. If, if I could make a metric, right, because I've talked about this a lot with people in the past, is, um, you know, how much actual commerce is done with BCH would be the metric that I would mm. want to know. And of course, you can't just extract that from, from blockchain data, but that would be the number that I would want to know. How much but, actual commerce is done? But that's, a, that's even a bit vague. So specify that a bit more. Is that how many genuine people are buying like a physical good how many people are buying a digital good if i'm sending money to an exchange to swap it into a token and flick money around and gamble does that does that count is that actual commerce like what, what do you mean by actual commerce so I, I guess it would be any no sending to an exchange certainly wouldn't count um making an actual exchange with someone on chain would would count you know when the actual coins have moved from person a to person b um whether the exchange does that or you do it yourself p2p like that would be something um when a business pays its employees with uh with with crypto when 
um, you know, business A pays business B for, uh, you know, something in their supply chain. Uh, when somebody purchases something, um, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Anything that's part of commerce, but, you know, between, between two parties that otherwise they have to do some kind of exchange, some kind of um, deal. Um, when money changes there, that's, a, that's, that's, real, that's real money moving. So, yeah. Yeah, that's economic activity. Yeah, so we've got the, on the next slide then, there's the, yeah, set in USD which I'd like to also keep an eye on because I, I agree it's sort of, it's a very poor, you know, proxy for it really, but combining that with the transaction, at least you get a bit of a sense of what's going on. So this week, the sending USD is down for both BCH and BTC, which I think really is an indicator like that the markets have been a little bit quiet and a little bit on the decline. People have been a bit more, you know, <laughs> negative, a bit more pessimistic. And so, you know the actual commerce that goes on sort of regardless of whether the price is up or now down for the most part uh is maybe in the floor underneath that but some of the more speculative stuff tends to drop off when the market isn't heating up because everybody has to go back to their real life and get a job or whatever right so um i wonder how this is measured i don't it's so it's it's how much it's how much uh, so you can take like how many Satoshis basically move on each chain multiplied by the USD price on that day. Or I guess maybe they even do it by the USD amount, you know, per transaction at this transaction at this time, the price was X. But obviously for since they're UTXO chains, it's also measuring change uh, outputs as well too. So that can be- So it doesn't attempt leading. to filter out change or something like that? It doesn't Not as far try. as I know. No, no. Huh. That's probably a separate metric. Um, that it's hard to believe with uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe with coin with cash fusion that it's gone down. Cash fusion does a ridiculous amount of volume. Interesting. Okay. I'll well, there, this was that. this is in the this this is in the the log view. But if you go if you look on the all time chart, there was basically a period where. BCH, it was very long too. It was like more than a year where it went from a you know a couple hundred million a day up to like four or five billion, and it stayed there for about a year, and then it's dropped off. Except for you can see this uh, spike here in February, it dropped off at the end of January, and then spiked again in February, and then it hasn't been back. But there's some kind of exchange whale or some <laughs> somebody who was doing five billion of cent in bch a day that came and went without without really anybody noticing well obviously we can see on these charts right but it's not like the ecosystem was like oh wow this huge company collapsed or whatever so we're still you know i don't know if uh you know coinbase stopped aggregating their bch wallets every single day or something like i don't know right 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 still a mystery that i'm hoping one day we'll find out the answer to but I don't really hold out much hope for that. All right. So first topic of the day then uh, is how many Bitcoin Cash users are there? And also by extension, how many Bitcoin users are, and I guess even how many crypto users are, but for Bitcoin BTC is the one I want to compare to. And the reason is because uh, we had a viewer sort of write in a bit and say, look, Jeremy's been asked a couple of times how many Bitcoin Cash users are there and basically doesn't have a very good answer. I'm always pretty vague about it. Like, well, I don't really know. Who knows? You know, 
and they sort of said no look you can look at these stats and you know here's some ideas so I sort of wanted to dig into it a bit and I think it is a good a good question because we're certainly at a point in crypto where it seems it's it's not niche anymore it's sort of on the edge of mainstream but on the other hand it's also not mainstream it's also not that easy to tell whether uh how many people are like oh yeah I've heard of crypto and they don't have any or how many people have heard of crypto but actually they've got five bucks or they've got 500 or they've got you know, 20% of their net worth in there cheekily, but without really making a big fuss out of it, right? It's kind of a hard uh, thing to tell. So the reason that I am always very uh, vague about this is because how you measure users is not a simple matter, right? Do you look at the price, the daily transactions, the active addresses, other kinds of blockchain analysis? Do you look at payment provider stats? like podcast downloads, Twitter hashtags? Do you go to meetups and do you survey people? Do you just like guess off what, you know, what you feel? And I also want to make the point that the other reason is you have to be very specific about what what counts as a user, right? If I am a Bitcoin maximalist and I buy a huge chunk of my net worth into Bitcoin and then I put it in my cold wallet, on, or I even leave it on Coinbase and it just sits there for five years. Am I a crypto user? Well, in one sense, yes. If I'm hodling and I have the keys and I, you know, that's I'm storing my value or whatever, I'm speculating. Yes, I'm a user. But on the other hand, am I actually using it day to day? Am I trading with it? Am I paying people? No, I'm still in the fiat economy basically, right? So how do, how do you deal with that? What about like how many Bitcoin Cash users very specifically is an interesting one because Bitcoin Cash would be, I would think probably definitely by ratio and maybe even by absolute numbers, the community that has the most former members of the community, right? There's huge numbers of people who've been in Bitcoin Cash and have floated out of the scene either on a different fork with eCash or BSV or, you know, they just went back to fiat for a while because they kind of thought crypto is really scammy or, you know, they got bought, you know, got interested in another chain or whatever. There's so many people that are in the sort of X BCH community that could come back at any time and they would instantly be plugged in if they were convinced for whatever reason. Right. So are they, are they users? They're users in spirit or they were in the past and they could be tomorrow, but are they today? Like, I don't know how many. So, so what, what, what do you think? What do you make of all of this? Uh, how many? How I, I think many it depends on how, you know, for, for, for the original use case, right. Which is peer to peer cash. Um, it would obviously be like we just said, economic activity, right? Mm. If you're, if you're actually doing economic activity with it, um, paying somebody, making, doing some kind of speculation with somebody, you know, whether that's against a liquidity provider in an exchange or peer-to-peer or whatever, or, uh, you know, you're paying somebody with it. Those are all the, the actual measures of users. Those are actual users of it, right? They're getting some utility from it. Um, it's like, uh, it's like somebody in my family said to me once, like once they saw, uh, um, the thing in Canada where, where some, uh, fundraiser was getting canceled, right? And they're like, oh, you can't do that. You can't give your money to this person. And then they were like, what? <laughs> and then they wrote, they, they, they contacted me and they were like, hey, so this, this Bitcoin cash thing, like, 
you would just go to a store and pay for stuff with it and i'm like yeah yeah that's that's the idea yeah. yes <laughs> you would just use it like money and they're like huh <laughs> you know like that's a that's a big step because the the speculation has become so ingrained but yes somebody getting utility from it whether it's speculation or something else but it's just so hard to measure and that's for us right but for for uh like for for i won't say ethereum right i'll say DeFi because there's still like the the kind of og ethereum people who have a certain vision even if sometimes it's kind of comical like the world computer type thing and then there's the the defi uh gang on ethereum and all the evms and and for them right it's like you said uh people are are speculating and and using it in contracts and things like that so yeah is is there actual economic activity going on there yeah I, I I think so. It's a very extremely narrow type of activity, but but it's there. So yeah, whatever it is where two people are making an actual exchange of of value. So So take so take a guess. Worldwide in the last, let's <laughs> say, in the last month, how many Bitcoin Cash users did would you would you say there are? It's a very hard question, right? No clue. No clue. Well, because I, I, I was thinking about this in the lead up to the show, I don't know that I, I I have an answer. And this is Zone Crypto asked in the chat: Is BCH being at number twenty four or twenty five in the market cap a concern? And the answer is no, not really, because of this exact thing that we're we're talking about here. The metric that matters to me in a crypto is how many real users are there, as in people who understand how to hold their own crypto, the vision of becoming peer to peer cash, and where possible i guess or to the extent that it can you know fit into their life making direct crypto payments to people and you can if you if you ranked the coin market cap by that metric the list would be completely different to what it is now right uh whether you did it by percentage or even by absolute total you know numbers monero bitcoin cash dash would just rocket up the list and just so much other stuff would be just completely out of there uh instantly but even like tether you know things like that would probably still be uh quite high up at the top but a lot of the other ones you know solana and cardano and whatever they they're all out of there and you know in a bear market you see those those projects kind of crumble and, and fall apart a bit at the scene so i was i was thinking you know what what is the answer like in the last month well clearly a thousand is is too low and clearly like 10 million i would say is too many right so i'm just trying to sort of narrow it down in that range Ten thousand, also probably too low wrong order of magnitude a hundred thousand okay maybe is there have a million people use bch in the last month Probably not, right? So I feel like it's in that it's between maybe in the lower end of the hundred thousand to million range. I don't know. Thoughts? <laughs> so I, 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 don't I have maybe a somewhat depressing uh, answer to that, which is that uh, it, we're we're what twelve years on now since yeah. uh, the creation of of Bitcoin thirteen twelve something thirteen and yeah. um. Yeah, and and has it really hit its stride? I don't think it's hit its stride at all yet, honestly. Um, in speculation, it's kind of hit its stride with EVMs, right? With, with people being able to financialize 
all kinds of aspects. It's really interesting. There's there's a lot of complexity to it. Um, it's just uh, personally not very interesting because of the nature of EVM and how it's more or less only useful for very wealthy people and institutions now, um, for the most part, right? Like you can't really, uh, regular person who, who puts 10 bucks on there cannot, can't do anything, right? even on the, the, the alternative EVMs uh, for the most part. But yeah, but besides that financialization speculation aspect, I really don't think crypto has hit its stride. And that's something that, uh, I don't know, I think all the ecosystems who, who are serious about, you know, actually being used and not just existing because of some kind of bubble. Um, I think all coins and networks that are serious should should be taking that extremely seriously, right? Like what's what's going on? Why haven't we hit our stride yet? I think that's a that's a hard question to answer. Well, I think the the more time sort of plays out of, of doing this podcast and stuff, the more I, I am really beginning to just see it as it's just the we're just running it back basically that the the 2013, which was yeah. when I joined, but maybe even a little earlier than that, maybe the sort of you know, yeah. late 2012 kind of era through to 2017. We're, we're just replaying that that block of time, at least in the BCH community, starting yeah. after the eCash fork, right? Once again, you had a small community of, yeah, like probably in the, you know, 100,000 type range of uh, people, maybe a little lower, maybe a little higher. Certainly back in the day with Bitcoin, it would have been lower, you know absolute numbers but the conviction would have been higher and now it's uh there might be more people like you know who are aware of bch in the general sense but bch people who are actually in it we're trying to make peer-to-peer cash you know every single day you know maybe roughly similar kind of uh numbers and you and even though things have changed a lot in terms of the outside regulatory landscape how aware people are of the idea you know all the exchange infrastructure you know it even though those things have uh, changed massively between then and now in some senses we're still kind of at the same place in terms of real merchant adoption people trading peer-to-peer all you know even the on-chain metrics are, are quite similar the active addresses is about you know getting to about a hundred thousand uh, a day which is about what bitcoin was doing in 2013 early 2014 type of range so i'm i'm just getting that that deja vu sense and the community feels to me very similar like it did then but maybe that's just me there's also the question of timing right um when 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 the time is not right sometimes things just don't uh people don't feel the pressure or the incentive but um you know when when your government which you trust or not to whatever degree, you know, tries to throw, you know, shove a, a CBDC, a, a central bank digital currency down your throat and tells you, oh, by the way, now everything you do um, by law uh, needs to be tracked by this. <laughs> they won't say it that way, but <laughs> people will get it, right? That that's what's actually going on. And you can't really use that paper money anymore. We're going to, you know, give you CBDC currency for uh, whatever for the you children. turn in. <laughs> yeah yeah and for your children they'll never have you know, right. paper it'll only be this it'll yeah. only be provided like once that kind of thing starts to take off and and that pressure starts to appear 
then the whole question, you know, that, that I was telling you, my family members said, they're like, oh, you actually just pay for things with it? Like, like cash? I'm like, yes, yes, just like cash, right? <laughs> well, once this other pressure is there, then maybe that will be the right time for it when people will actually see, oh, okay, so having an alternative money, this is actually a really valuable thing. So it's possible that the timing will, will make a difference also. Well, I think that was certainly an element of the original uh, Bitcoin surge and right. stuff, such as it was. Yeah. Is is there's the bailout? The, yeah, there yeah. was obviously there was the banking uh, GFC and the sort of ramifications, which did sort of linger yeah. on for a few years, right? Certainly into like 2011, it was still kind of going on a bit, and you know, in the following years after that, people were still very aware. It was still very in people's. Uh, minds but then given long enough you know things things change things fade a new generation you know grew up who maybe weren't as exposed to that kind of thing and it's not really in their you know zeitgeist as much or, or whatever right things do change a little bit and at that time the bitcoin bdc or cake on the bitcoin bdc the bitcoin community was so <laughs> strongly uh, enthusiastic and so motivated and so like we're making it happen and everybody was on the same page even though yeah. things degenerated into the block size war certainly before all the online shilling and the divisive stuff started everybody was like peer-to-peer -peer cash like fucking doing it and i can see that 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 same thing is starting to happen a bit in in bitcoin cash it's very very exciting and i think certainly if we have like we have a conference at the end of this year with uh bitcoin cash 2022 that mark felson is trying to put together in um in st martin's i think if there's something like that and out of that comes a bunch of footage of just people like with a you know a bunch of stalls and everybody just trading bitcoin and just having a good time that that will just ignite a lot of that sense of like wow we actually can still do it even because that's that's not anywhere else essentially in uh in the crypto space i mean there's been el salvador um and i had uh, jenny on the show last week she was talking a bit about el zonte but even from that we haven't even there hasn't been a lot of footage of just oh here's a bunch of people just trading bitcoin and stuff i mean i'm sure there is a little bit and it seems like oh there is here or there a sort of lightning transaction going on but there just hasn't been look here's just me doing a live stream as i walk around it for 10 <clears throat> minutes and just everybody's trading crypto hasn't well, happened well the, right? the the bailout the another timing issue is the bailout right was was it, it's so galling because of what happened to the banks and how the money was spent and where the money came from right the the whole inflation and um printing of money to bail banks out whatever whether you think it was a good idea or, or a bad idea that money came out of inflation right and uh that that was part of the 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 motivation for it and you want to talk about inflation, right? Like the potential for inflation right now is is exponentially higher than it was in in two thousand eight, two thousand seven, right? Like back in back in the day. So yeah, the 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 timing pressure may have multiple things going on right now that are that are much greater than they were in the past. So that that utility actually increases, right? Because as long as you have this extremely stable thing called the dollar, um. That's what people use, whether it's an electronic version or like back when I was a kid, when it was the paper version that, that people are trading on the gray market or on the black market. 
on their on the corner of, of their neighborhood in, in other countries, right? Like uh, the dollar was extremely valuable. But if that goes away also, right, the, then the utility starts to become enormous where it's like, oh, wait, well, we're still looking for the stable thing. <laughs> what, what is the stable thing? And it's certainly not stable coin. <laughs> yeah, cheap line and get in there. <laughs> I don't know what I can add to that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the the spring is is coiling up. You know, uh, as as John said, you know, inflation. Uh, you know, the 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 previous Bitcoin boom uh, uh, was really inspired by by the Lehman shock, right? Um, and I don't think we've seen the worst of of our current situation. Uh, I don't think the I I, I think. I think the the pebble has been dropped in the pond, but I think the ripples haven't been felt yet. Um, and just starting, you know, there's the whole baby formula thing, and and uh, you know, all all of the shipping that's backed up all around the world. And I don't know if you've made it, you know, uh, online orders recently, but uh, shipping is fucked. Uh, I you know, I I have a lot of personal experience with international shipping, uh, and it I, I can honestly say it's just fucked right now. There's there's just it's just absolutely wrecked uh and you know it it i was looking at at ordering some plastic bags uh to wrap things that i had ordered many times this is just an anecdotal you know example um but i couldn't get them and the distributor i bought them from couldn't get the material to make them and they you know it's it just all of these supply chain ripples uh, uh, are just going to be felt more and more and worse and worse. Um, and, and coming out of that, you know, you, you will definitely see, uh, some, some financial changes. I'm not going to try and pretend what those are going to be. Right. Um, but, uh, once, once you print all this money, well, you know, people are going to feel it one way or the other. Uh, can can governments around the world uh, hold back that shock long enough to get some other system in place or you know whatever the the plan is that uh, we're not privy to i have no idea but at the same time i have zero trust or faith in in those systems um and uh, uh you know for a myriad of other reasons i i am interested in in an alternative and parallel economy um which is why i spend you know my my all of my time all day every day uh working on bch stuff in the community and with with people um yeah i don't know what else i can say uh well it's, I, I i yeah i mean it's certainly a a grim take but i it's true it's it's true you know and i think the funny thing about all of this decentralization and so forth is that reality is decentralized right one of my favorite sayings is uh from ayn rand who said you could ignore reality but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality and that's <laughs> that's essentially where we're at right i i could obviously listeners to this show will be more likely to have you know their finger on the pulse of this issue but i can also confidently feel like people do listen in from all around the world genuinely and they will be able to see it almost certainly going on in their local area so today i noticed the price of uh subway had gone up for the second time in about six months right I, that's never happened before like maybe they raise their prices even once a year like a tiny little bit but it's gone up twice significantly <clears throat> you know 
maybe how many percent let's see um yeah maybe you know maybe like nearly five or ten percent twice uh in under six months maybe four four or five months even and just i wouldn't be surprised if there's another one before the end of the year right and that it, people do notice that the inflation story is is becoming big and so when i look at the crypto markets and they're just down a little bit it's you know people could easily be like oh no my crypto is getting wrecked inflation is going. but the, <laughs> the thing is you you just gotta wait like the that's yeah. it you're you still have the exact same number of bch the same percentage slice of that 21 million as you yeah. had yesterday but the the percentage of, do- of dollars pounds euros whatever australian dollars just just it's all fading away to nothing and yeah that's... Hey, jeremy let me let me jump in for a second um there's yeah so so yeah maybe your slice doesn't go down but really unless it's helping people unless it's actually being useful to somebody and um then right there's no foundation for that value in in the first place right um and, and you asked earlier, like why I got into to, to, into Bitcoin. Um, one of the things that is, I don't know if it's controversial, but sometimes I feel like it is, is, is that um, I don't necessarily want uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, uh, crypto, whatever, you know, peer-to-peer money, this alternate money to, to just like destroy the legacy finance system, right? I don't think that's really a... It might happen. I don't think so. I don't think that'll be what happens, right? But what I do think, and one of the things that really motivated me to actually do something and not just sit there and be like, hey, maybe the the number will go up, is that I think it serves as competition for money. For because right now what we have is a very synchronized fiat standard all over the world, right? You cannot escape it. Uh, unless you live in like some community that has isolated itself and works on gold or something like that. Like, I don't know, like you cannot escape the fiat standard. Yeah. Yeah. Barter. Yeah. You can't escape it. And uh, that's bad, right? Monoculture is dangerous and it's not robust. And it, uh, you know, it can start to believe its own propaganda and and so forth. Right. That monoculture is, is almost always very dangerous. So Another way of looking at it is just that, you know, there's an alternative, like you said, an alternative, like Chief Lightning said, an alternative economy. There's an alternative there. And uh, some people are going to use it. And just the fact of that, whether it's huge or small, is going to anchor um, to some degree the, 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 the legacy finance system, right? And be like, oh, okay, we can't let our fantasy go too far. We got to... <laughs> bring it back just a little bit right because as long as everybody the way i put it like as long as everybody's floating together like up into the stratosphere um it looks normal because everybody else is up there but as soon as there's this anchor down on the ground you're like hey guys you, you it's pretty dangerous up <laughs> going there. further further <laughs> you're, away you're yeah. really high up there <clears throat> um so you that need anchor, that, that alternative yeah you need oxygen actually <laughs> so that provides an alternative and and i think that's very important to have that competition and a lot of people think it's silly uh but yeah you know democracy was a was a stupid idea back in the day right 
when it was when it emerged as as a as a political system it was absolutely idiotic people you know the kings and queens and nobles and and all of their follow-ons uh said it was such a terrible idea it was stupid you can't depend on the people for things but obviously it's been dominant over over those so yeah having that alternative there and having the possibility of of uh, disruption happening is, is really important. And I think we provide that. And as long as we take it seriously and keep building it and actually make it so that you can build an alternative economy on it and we do build some level of alternative economy, that's really important just to be there. So yeah. yeah um, I mean, I'm kind of, uh, I'm maybe a bit more aggressive than you in the sense that I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not here to play nice. I don't think we should be just like, well, we're the nice little, you know, the kind of, yeah, the sense that, okay, everyone can be having a great time in the, you know, on the Titanic, as long as the life raft is there, at least a few people will be thinking, <laughs> oh, what would we do in the case of an emergency? <laughs> like, I think it's, I feel yeah, it's no, like, I, it's, I, it's more of I an like attack. We're coming in, over. we're, we're, we're <laughs> playing a win. I, I want people to move over, but I, I, yeah, I guess what I didn't say is, um, the, there's, there's probably people listening or people who look at crypto and they're like, oh, these guys, they're, they're silly. These people yeah. are silly because they think they're just going to take over and replace you know replace the whole financial system and it's like well maybe but that's not even necessarily the point right like nothing starts as big as its thing that it's disrupting right and absolutely nothing starts that large right when amazon started it was a joke compared mm. to the existing uh physical bookstores right it was an absolute joke people were like this is dumb um I knew, I knew lots of people who said, this is the dumbest thing. Why in the hell would you buy a book online? That's ridiculous. And um, yeah, so nothing starts as big as its competition, as what it's disrupting. But yeah, it's, it's not that you have to take over the world immediately, but being there, being competition is the first step. If you don't do that, if you're not actually providing an alternative and something valuable, then yeah. So that's, uh, that's what I love about Bitcoin Cash ecosystem is we have that laser focus on providing utility and making it useful to everybody not just to the people who can afford you know whatever thousand dollar fees or 50 or whatever <laughs> yeah and i think as as time goes on people really need to reflect on and understand you know what 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 you're saying there about we're trying to compete with the global financial system and so Oh, yeah, obviously we aren't there right now. No, nobody will say that we are, you know, not even the most, that's the most interesting thing about it is crypto skeptics will sort of say, oh, you guys and your joke or your Ponzi scheme or like whatever way they can find to marginalize or ridicule or, or criticize, point out the flaws. But crypto people never say back to them, yeah, like we've got it all, all the answers. But <laughs> they they are saying, well, at least we're, we're making a run at it. Like, right. yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Where's your, okay, you don't like crypto and maybe even some of you can at least be intellectually honest enough to sort of admit there is some problems with the existing financial system. So what are you doing? You're, you're, you know, if you've got a lot of, it's not a problem unless you've got a solution, right? That's another saying that I really like, right? <laughs> if, 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 if you're not providing any alternative, then who are you to come and tell us, if we're doing a shit job because like yeah are you helping out no. where's yeah. your entry in yeah, the free you, market you know 
Yeah, and, and there's a difference between people who are kind of out there and thinking, oh, crypto is going to solve everything, right? It's a silver bullet. It's ambrosia. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fix all the problems. <laughs> Obviously not, right? But it can certainly be part of, part <clears throat> of uh, making things better. So, yeah, I, I love, I think it's really rare, right, to actually have a chance to work on something that, that can actually make a difference. It's, right. I mean, how many people in history have had an actual chance to do that? Seems like a privilege to me. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, you know, I look at all the problems in the world and, you know, everything's connected to money in some way. And how entrenched all the legacy systems are um, and how, you know, we're not allowed to participate um, unless you get permission from various levels and, and agencies and, and, you know, even just getting a bank account uh, here in Japan, like, <clears throat> excuse me, my first time they're like, <clears throat> no, you can't. <laughs> it's like, why not? Right. Uh, like, oh, we're not going to give you permission to, to give us your money. You know, it's just all, all of these ridiculous things. Uh, and it's like, well, yeah, I could try and go through the old process and try and become, you know, king of the world and, and uh, change everything. Uh, or we can start from scratch and we can try and build something new, something better with all of the combined experience of, of all the people that have come before us. Okay, we have, you know, uh, I don't know how many years, a thousand years of, of commerce as it's been. We've got a lot of great lessons there now. We have an opportunity to uh, start fresh, start slow, and uh, and build something that's better uh, with the tools that are available to us today, right? So, yeah, and I mean, there is this kind of crypto skeptic argument that I'm seeing a bit more, you know, these sort of memes of like, uh, libertarians discover, you know, how the world got to the point that it is, and stuff like that and there is the that it is true that of course crypto is just reinventing the wheel and sort of discovering some of the same problems that we've had before but i think the critical difference is crypto finds some of the same problems that it had before but it looks for a different solution in the same way that when you're a kid and you grow up well you have the same problems that your parents had right but you also think about them. You don't just do what your parents did because they were living in a different time, a different age. They had, you know, different environment. They had different tools available to them or, or whatever. And so the solution they come up with, with their life problems is not going to be the same solution you're going to have, even though it's the same problem, right? But times have changed and you've got both the benefit of having seen how their solution worked out as well as you know new opportunities and things that didn't exist or you know the world has just moved on and so yeah crypto is reinventing parts of the financial system but we're critically not reinventing others or we're changing it we're doing doing something different and i think that's you know to me that's just super important and people who can't see those fine distinctions and just resort to a very easy attack on it are the exact ones who at the end of the day, when they finally find some reason that it appeals to them or it provides them a solution because there's nothing else left, you know, I wonder how yeah. much humility we're going to get. Probably not a lot. I mean, that's classic humans, but <laughs> you know. touching on, on that, I, I'd like to, you know, stress one thing. It's like, you know, money is going to evolve. Uh, we, we've right. seen it with, 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 you know, the letter we've seen it with music. We've seen it with movies, right? 
money is going to evolve. And so what do you want? Do you want the legacy financial stewards to create their version of digital money? Or would you like some new alternative that isn't burdened by all of those legacy uh, what should I say? Anchors uh, that pull you to the bottom of the ocean uh, that we've been uh, dealing with uh, until now. So, given the choice, I'd much rather have uh, an alternative that isn't created by uh, the same people that that have have fucked us. You know, yeah, and, and just competition, going, right? Yeah. Like whether that's Bitcoin Cash or Monero or whatever, having sure. competition is huge. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's certainly something that no crypto can. Uh, get away from is the fact of the matter is in the crypto marketplace cutthroat is pretty brutal and, <laughs> and intense and there's no there's no insulating you from that and that's something i also think about uh you know a little bit too is that crypto does have a bit more of the sense of somebody can come into crypto or who's who's big on it or whatever if they don't like a coin they can go to another coin because there might be another coin or there probably is another coin that is doing things the way they like to do it. And if uh, dissent or unhappiness festers in a community, there is the possibility of you can fork the chain or you can, you know, make a new open source copy and start it from scratch, or you can do that kind of thing. But the, the beautiful thing about it is, by having that power, you also basically have that responsibility, which is it's very easy for, to sit on the sidelines and criticize, you know, one community or another community for the way they're doing things. But unless your community is absolutely crushing them on that metric, you don't have much to stand on because behind the scenes, there's always a lot more to, you know, the way any, any one given thing has been done. Like, the classic is uh, I think the ETH killers really that Ethereum has a lot of problems and so on and so forth, but the ETH killers, okay. It's good that they're competing with it, but on the other hand, they, they sort of don't recognize what ETH has done to get to where it has and that they, they aren't, and they can't just catch up overnight either. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of high powered thinking along that line of, of crypto that isn't actually so easy to replicate. I, I love all the, the competition. It's it's messy and it's kind of complicated. And I think looking back, you know, in the history books of the future, it'll be like, so back then they had this thing where the place that you live, like the actual land that you lived on determined what money you had to use and it'll be like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and and uh you didn't even have an option like you couldn't even do it it would be like you know you had to do all this complicated process to get somebody else's money and then you wouldn't be able to use it oh my god that's so funny like they were so silly and simple back then right so i look forward to that like whatever the hell is going to happen um yeah i, I think yeah, there, there's no such thing as only forward or improving process uh, progress, right? But I, I think it's going to improve with with this with, with competition and, and like Cheap Lightning said, with the evolution of money, I think it's going to make things better. Yeah. Okay. So let's on the next slide here. Then on this subject of how many users we've got, I got this uh, sort of analysis, and and maybe we can yeah tie this into everything we've been uh, talking about as to what different communities kind of value in crypto right 
because it was sort of like, well, look, here's some analysis of how many uh, crypto users there are, so or BCH users there are. So they said, look, there's these stats, okay, 7 million addresses. They said wallets, but it's actually addresses. 7 million addresses have been holding for, uh, you know, 1 to 12 months in the last uh, 1 to 12 uh, months since they were last moved. And then 14 million have been more than one year of hodling. Um, and, you know, then you have a certain amount here. Let me just like zoom in on this so I can actually uh, read the stats that we had here. Um, but anyway, the point is, I don't know, Jack, can you see those uh, numbers? I'm just frantically trying to like find out where. Here we go. Well, I can zoom in. You yeah, right. Okay. So 14 million hodlers. I got it. I got it. 14 million hodlers, uh, hodling addresses basically on BCH. Uh, 7 million in between the last one to 12 months spending and uh, 723,000 are tra so-called traders who've spent their money in the last um, in the last month, right? And so the idea is, okay, well, with that, we can maybe get a sense of how much of the economy is being, you know, locked up in storage vaults, how much is people that are sort of in the market in the midterm and how many are people trading and or just actually paying for goods and services, that real economy uh, part of things that we were we were talking about. And so you can also sort of look at different currencies and find out whether or not, you know, they were... Um, they, you know, they have those ratios are in the same or, or different amount and sort of speculate on whether a given community has more of a focus on hodling or more of a focus on commerce or more speculators or whatever. And then on the next slide, I have even more uh, stats and to make it clear exactly how difficult it is to really get a sense of, of how many people are in any given cryptocurrency. I took a, a bunch of stats that I thought could be uh, relevant at comparing, you know, the Bitcoin BTC and the Bitcoin BCH community and how to look at what is the difference between them. What is basically the BTC community is always larger, but by how much, right? So on the price, it's about 160x difference, 30,000 USD to about 180 USD at the moment, obviously. Transactions per day, however, it's 300,000 for BTC and 50,000 for BCH. So that's only 6X. So even just in those two, you can see there's a huge, it's not uh, proportional in any way. Active addresses per day, 800,000 for BTC, 80,000 for BCH, so about 10X. If we look at BitPay and their uh, stats that they do on people paying with crypto at vendors, so more in that sort of actual commerce uh, stat that we were talking about, uh 56 of their stuff at the moment is about on bdc and about 6.5 percent is on bch so that's about eight and a half uh x advantage for bdc cash to vn who do remittances again more sort of that real economy type uh vibe bdc they do about 22.5 percent of their transactions and bch is about 12 percent. so there it's only a 2x uh, and then, so even when you're looking at these stats, it, it can be all over the place. And then you can go a bit more esoteric and you could say, <laughs> okay, so what Bitcoin did was the biggest BDC podcast. They have 82,000 uh, YouTube subs, right? This podcast has almost a thousand YouTube subs. So you could say it's an 82x advantage there, but that's, that's still, that's still not very meaningful because there's a lot more Bitcoin BDC podcasts than BCH. There's this one and there's a casual BCH shout out to Sayoshi Nakamario who also has one, right? But there's about a hundred 
Bitcoin BTC podcast. So it's not it's not really one to one, but that's an 82x right on that very crude measure. Tweets per day, there's about 150,000 tweets per day apparently on Bitcoin BTC and about 300 a day on BCH. <laughs> so it's a 500x advantage, right? And just think about that. Think about all the people in all the different cryptos and all the no coiners and everything who are always tagging Bitcoin. You know, that's pumping up their stats, right? And it, if you look on Reddit, right? the traditional stronghold of cryptocurrency communities are Bitcoin 4.2 million BCH on RBDC uh, has nearly 1 million. So there it's only 4.5 X. So between this entire set of things, we've got anywhere between 500 X and two X difference uh, between those, those two currencies. And so this is really all just for me to demonstrate when uh, <laughs> the viewer was writing in how many people are in BCH. Just look mm. at this stat it's not really that simple. It's kind of which stats you're looking at and which ones you choose to value. So I think it's really um, important, you know, for the BCH community. And one of the reasons I think the BCH community is doing great at the moment, at least, is because the things that I tend to value are indicators of that uh, real adoption happening. So merchant outlets uh, taking it is a big one, especially if there's, you know, videos and promotional marketing material around it if there is detectable community discussion no matter how small it is whether it's on twitter or on reddit or on podcasts or whatever of people driving towards that actual mission and if there's a lack of um concern or you know outcry when the price drops that's also i think a hugely fantastic signal for crypto and like I said, Monero flipped over to BCH and nobody in the, well, there was one post on RBDC, but between the BCH and the Monero communities, there was not, there was not suddenly a lot of antagonism, whereas two right. other cryptos, if one flips the other and they're both very price focused, suddenly people are all up in each other's grills, you know, arguing back and forth about well, this. Vitalik so, did that back in the day also. The, the when when bch flipped ethereum for like a day or something like that he was yeah. like oh good job <laughs> that, was yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was the extent of it um yeah similar with monero like okay nice yeah good job guys keep going hey uh i want to ask a question about this um the yeah because the two that are most meaningful to me obviously since i was seeing economic activity and commerce are the bit pay and the cash to be in here but yeah. um is the bit pay, is that the percent of the number of transactions or the amount? Do you know for sure? It, I think it's the number of transactions. So if they had a hundred, if when a hundred people pay with BitPay, 56 of them use uh, BDC and 6.5 use BCH. Yeah. I'd I like believe. to know for sure. You can, you can well, you can look case, it up. Yeah. It's uh, bitpay.com slash stats and you can look at okay. it. And they, they even have some uh, like a graph of the, which ones are going up and down over time but it's also kind of annoying because they delete like they only go back the history a few months and in the previous mm -hmm. months they do just like hide them or uh, maybe sometimes we should just petition them and say hey can we have the full graphs or something i don't know why they don't just publish them all but um yeah well and the same okay, with yeah, the cash right. to it's be the and... count it's the count not the amount yeah that's but, right and that's also where it, it's quite uh you know, again, you know, stats can lie in a million ways, right? Like with BitPay, they have these stats, but fascinatingly, they're, they're, the BitPay company is not growing. Like their payments per month has been about 65 to 70K for like years, I think at this point. Mm. It would be 
different if the percentages you know were changing as they were growing overall but they aren't really growing which makes sense went to me when you <laughs> use their product basically which also partly explains why the bch percentage has declined because they've ramped up the kyc and so i can see that the bch community might be more willing to okay we'll find another solution whereas the bdc community might just already be like yep okay i'm hodling in my government approved wallet or whatever yeah that, that was pretty shocking the first time bit paid kyc'd me i was like oh wait a minute no 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 get me out of here <laughs> and that yeah. that's just not gonna survive like at least in the bch strand of things i feel like you know BitPay seemed like such a cool you know company and maybe coinbase as well too to a certain extent you know they're just a couple of the biggest og People wouldn't even believe as well, too, that back in 2013 or 2014, Coinbase and BitPay were kind of kind of at the same scale. They were a bit like neck and neck. And now BitPay is like some marginal side player and Coinbase is like on the Fortune 400 or whatever. <laughs> like huge. Well, I think, uh, I mean, fortunately, now. unfortunately, it's BitPay has, I think, tried to keep with that um, cypherpunk, you know, crypto, ethos, ethos um, <clears throat> much more than, than Coinbase, right? Coinbase has been full on, you know, the best way for crypto to reach people is to become part of the legacy system, to become a bank, literally. Mm. And, um, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, they've, they've taken different paths, I think, right? Because otherwise, BitPay would be straight up KYCing everybody every time. That's <laughs> what it is Coinbase, already right? yeah. by now, basically, though, right? They've just made that decision about four or five years too late. I don't. I think they do a lot of not KYC stuff still. Yeah, you can use their Amazon plugin with uh, without any KYC whatsoever. Just gives you a QR code. uh, Okay, that's cool. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it's still kicking along there too. When my latest interactions with them, I definitely have not been at all impressed. Um, And yeah, the these sort of cash to VN stats as well too. They have some really good stats on there. Uh, page two as well bitcoincashpodcast.com slash stats you can find the links to those and uh they have on there they have the like a breakdown of by country as well and they have how many transactions are made as well as the like the volume you know so if you make a bigger transaction it counts more and in that bch has already flipped bdc so we there's half as many people using bitcoin cash but it actually does more um total amount only by a little bit i think but it does actually do more and a big part of that seems to be because uh nigeria is one of the biggest countries that is served and i've noticed that nigeria has a strong bitcoin cash uh community because i guess they are very are a bit more focused on payments and actually getting utility out of it and all those yeah i i really like yeah exactly they're like (laughs) fuck that and good for them Um, so i I have a a comment here on this um so this is economic activity right but this mm -hmm. is an old thing that 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 bugs me not that bugs me but that kind of motivates me is that we're like this this is an old phrase like the, the phrase gets totally abused but this is still early days for crypto and i don't mean that in the sense of oh my God, you're going to get in on the ground floor and it's going to thousand X. That's not what I mean. Um, what I mean is it's still very rudimentary, right? Like what we are actually accomplishing with it is very rudimentary. Um, and so the, the only two commerce measures here, for example, are uh, retail. These are both retail or remittance 
Um, like that's it. That's the only thing on here. The, the economy is enormous compared to uh, just those two things, right? Like B2B is huge. Um, th there's all kinds of, of things that aren't included here. And that's what I look for. And that's what I think uh, general protocols we're wanting to build is the, the tools and the infrastructure so that you can actually run a whole economy on BCH, right? Or some subset of the economy or whatever it is. Um, because, you know, just sending money from A to B is one thing, but that's not all of commerce, right? There's, there's loans, there's, um, there's stock, there's shareholding, there's securities, there's, um, uh, there's all kinds of, of elements. Like I said, B2B that, that aren't really represented here and maybe not at all in crypto in general. It's just so much more opportunity, right? For, for, for money to be applied in uh, all kinds of commerce and to help more people. So yeah, man, just looking at this, yeah, it's good to see this because it reminds <laughs> me like we have so far to go still. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these were just the these were just the stats that I took as a bit of a sampling uh, indicator. Yeah, these, these were some great. of the things I I uh, I thought of. Uh, well, maybe I should put this uh, chart or whatever up on. Um, like I said, yeah, BitcoinCashPodcast.com/stats. I've got a bit of a page there where I'm starting to collect. I have stats for the podcast. It's the firstly the most important thing. I've been tracking every month. You know how many people are following the the podcast because i think in you know in hindsight that'll be uh really interesting to see and also because i want you know people in the scene can take it as an indicator of are we actually growing or not because that's the whole point of this show it's only branded with bitcoin cash it's very in detail bitcoin cash if the, you, it can't be that you just <laughs> randomly stumbled across it or whatever if you subscribe to this podcast you want to hear about bitcoin cash right and you're also probably a real person i'm not out there you know, mm. shilling myself with random ads or like buying up those influencer well, scams or whatever. <laughs> people may just want to see your handsome face, right? So, well, that's don't, right. Don't, I shaved don't. this week. So, <laughs> I saw, know, that, I saw. That's what, that's what it is. It comes around. I'm sure somebody will comment in the YouTube comments. The <laughs> YouTube comments, they love the beard. They know what's going on. So, uh, anyway, moving on. Next, uh, next thing then. Um, so I wanted to talk a bit about scaling and ossification because uh, we had obviously the fork uh, from BCH, the upgrade fork. It all seemed to have gone really smoothly. And I guess the two of you both would have actually been, you know, quite uh, involved in that. Certainly you were involved in the stream, which was fantastic, by the way. I really, really enjoyed that um, stream. And so... As in kind of the aftermath of that, well, it went, you know, super, super smoothly, but clearly this kind of topic has, has been on the broader crypto community's mind because I've seen threads and people discussing in BCH sort of, you know, we're still, because like we're saying at the, we're at the earlier days or at the smaller community, you can be a bit more aggressive about making changes and also about establishing a culture where people are comfortable with having upgrades and, uh, you know, planning for the future and so on and so forth. Right. So there's been, you know, discussions about, are we going to have an auto scaling block size? What about there's been work looking into scaling for wallets and indexes and all this kind of stuff that you need to have. It's not just the actual nodes that you need to scale up. You need everything in the ecosystem to scale up. And you kind of want to do that ahead of time, right? That's just good, um, 
planning. But I've interestingly also seen this kind of kicking off a bit in BDC where they had the CTV drama that I've cut covered a bit and it seems like the Blockstream team have kind of come out the winners so far on that they've managed to just uh, get these upstarts uh, to back off and th- they were saying oh we're going to release a UASF uh, client or we're going to force the issue a bit but they eventually got talked down off that ledge and just kind of put the tails between the legs and kind of conceded a bit so we'll see if there's any uh, change in that eventually um, but for the moment, there hasn't been. And I just want to read this passage that I've got here from Bitcoin Magazine, this guy Shinobi, who is you know, a known person if you're really deep in the weeds with it. And he wrote, right now, Bitcoin does not scale. If we wind up discovering that Bitcoin is ossified as it is right now, the next time we attempt a soft fork, then it does not scale to even a small fraction of the planet if everyone tries to use it in a self-custodial way. So if Bitcoin ossified today, the entire dream of a money that everyone can self-custody and be free from the risk of third parties effectively is dead for most people on this planet. Bitcoin will eventually stop changing, but if it hits that point too early, then there are huge downsides. A Bitcoin where only 5% of the world can possibly self-custody might still enact massive change to the world by being a neutral platform opening up competition for custodial services, but it is not the true revolution of sovereignty that many Bitcoiners are here for. It's one thing if many people consciously choose not to self-custody, it is entirely another if most people are not even given that choice. And then the next section of the article is called Threading the Needle. It's not important what he wrote there, but just, you know, this... This two paragraphs is just an insane read coming out of, you know, one of these people who is a bit Bitcoin, BDC, Maxi, Bitcoin magazine land, where this is the exact mentality of Bitcoin cash. This is what they've been saying for years. And we've been, you know, marginalized and shut off as, oh, you idiots. But, uh, you know, clearly the things are bubbling away a little bit there, the understanding that, no, we are not going to get to even a fraction of the planet, although it's still this kind of soft fork, you know, things have already been mired in the mud. They just apparently can't see that uh, yet. But in this context of this, I yeah, wanted to ask both of you, especially because you're more involved in the sort of upgrade process and stuff. What What is the BCH attitude to progress? Are we going to ossify at some point, perhaps later than Bitcoin BDC? But is there a critical point at which things will get to in built? What do we need to do before then? Are we able to build in a culture of perpetually being prepared to upgrade even as things get bigger? Tell me about scaling and ossification. I'll go first, I guess. Um, Please. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's funny, like reading that article, um, that, that's, it, could, it could verbatim be something from six years ago right from the block size debate that was <laughs> i mean there was you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and six years ago you wouldn't have any way to tell that the whether that was published by this guy or whether it was published six years ago because that's the same things and that uh thread the needle i'm not sure what he says in there but that's the same phrase that i use also since since six years ago <laughs> which is you got to thread the needle between uh doing a bunch of you know, all kinds of stupid shit, which can break your network, which you don't do um, with an actual serious money network that has, you know, the, the you know, many people are using, you don't break it. 
Um, and then the other side, which is you don't do anything and then it just fails because, because it doesn't work. Um, yeah, literally we've been saying that for six years. So for BCH though, um, the nice thing is we have the vision of actually being a competitive alternative money system for the whole world. That's a pretty clear vision that that's pretty easy to, to get behind. And there's details to that and nuance, especially like as you hit the limits of uh, scaling or whatever, but nobody's anywhere close to that really. So the, the vision is still there. It's quite clear. We know what we have to do. Um, there's scaling, there's uh, uh, functionality that, that needs to be there for the money to be um, generally useful for business and commerce um, and economy. Uh, so that's like the, the things that are coming with making smart contracts uh, better on, on Bitcoin Cash. There's scaling, like you said, that obviously has to be done. And BCH is like the only chain that I know of that's really taking scaling seriously, right? Not just being like, oh yeah, we'll scale the full node and like call it a day, good enough. Um, because all we all because all they care about is exchanges, right? If the exchange is the only person using your node, then that's all you really have to care about is what exchanges are doing. But uh, but we recognize, right? We have to actually have the whole infrastructure has to scale to you know hundreds of thousands, millions, billion people, whatever. So yeah, we, we take that very seriously and there's no chance that BCH is done, right? Um, that, that needle still needs to be threaded. We still have to actually reach all those people and actually be useful for that many people. So there's no way it's done yet. Um, on the other hand, with BTC, I guess I don't wanna talk about it too much, but um, yeah, I don't want to piss people off who might be listening, right? But but BTC's whole value um, right now is not even right now. Just the, the whole value of it is that it doesn't change. Um, that it that it's not going to change, and it's not Blockstream that's holding that. They're the face. They're the ones who hold the repo or whatever. But they're obviously, <laughs> if you look at their old uh, opinions back in the day. Um, compared to their opinions once they started getting paid by somebody else, they completely changed their opinions. So um, their opinions aren't being set by themselves necessarily. Um, and, and all of the, the institutional people who are involved, the big VCs that are involved, whoever's involved with BTC, they don't want it to change because they're not actually using it, right? It's all about marketing and it's about number go up and the price on exchanges. That's the value of BTC. They don't really care if anybody's using it. They don't want to do anything to change the features of it or whatever, because that's a huge risk, right? This, the CTV drama, it could lead to a split on BTC. And so I, I guarantee you, there was a lot of people contacting them on the backside, you know, through back channels being like, hey, just chill the fuck out. Like we don't, you know, we're not going to do this thing. It's not worth it or whatever. Um, and, and I predict the same thing is going to happen with scaling because the, the value proposition of BTC is not to be used. So, yeah, I think it's great with BCH. We have a clear vision about what we want to do. Um, Bitcoin, uh, BTC has its vision too now, whether whether all the, the, the cypherpunk remnants on BTC who, who still read the old marketing and think that that's true, um, I think they'll they'll eventually realize that BTC is not what they're actually looking for. Um, so the people who want freedom and an alternative money system, I think we'll, we'll move elsewhere eventually. But 
yeah, so BCH isn't near near done. We still have a lot to do. I was thinking about this a little bit. Sorry about that. Go for it. Oh, get in there. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this a little bit. I don't know if it was last week or earlier this week, but about like BTC's value proposition being that it's ossified isn't even a unique value proposition. And so the most unique value proposition that BTC currently has is its ability to drive tethers to the market when the price starts to slide. Aside from that, and like that's the like when I try to boil it down, that's the only conclusion that I can come to. So if anyone wants to correct that conclusion, please feel free. But otherwise, I'm going to run with that. Yeah. Well, well just more generally speaking, it's marketing. Like I was saying, it's marketing. That's well, it's it's, it's a combination of brand marketing. and the well, the ossification is somewhat unique, and that's this is where it is a very fine distinction here that Bitcoin is does they can say like, look, we've been around for the longest twelve years. Okay, that's also true for BCH and the other uh, forks, but relative to Ethereum, they can still be like, aha, young whippersnapper. But it's also true that uh, Ethereum is busy, you know, changing things every week. So it is, you know, the amount of time where it has pretty much not changed is also massive compared to the vast majority of cryptos that either have only been around a couple of years or have changed stuff or are still going to keep changing stuff like Ethereum, like core fundamental things. And they also have the hash rate, right? That's a very big deal as well. You know, if... BCH had all the SHA-256 hash rate, I would agree with you, BDC is basically finished. But a combo of that, we haven't changed very much combined with we've got the titanic amount of mining infrastructure. Those two things are sort of semi-synergistic provided the price holds up and that's where the tethers come into it. If it doesn't, then you're finished. But as long as the price holds up at least enough that they can get those fat coin rewards in there and uh, sustain a pretty massive mining infrastructure, then it's easy for people, especially big finance and whatever, to be like, yeah, I can just park a couple million in here, a couple billion in here, and in 10 years, it'll still be around. That might not be true because, you know, BCH might come out of nowhere and suck out all their hashing power and therefore screw their chains as feeds go to the moon. But at least for the time being, while BCH is in the threat, that, you know, that that is the value proposition. And that is unique because nobody else has that mining infrastructure either. I love how the, the tether is is like so the, the situation with tether just being printed more or less to 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 bail out right the, the BTC it's so close to the original like you know the the bailout chancellor on the brink of bailout <laughs> so ironic block, right it's so, so close ironic. it's funny um yeah I'm I'm not a I'm not a developer so I can't really comment too much on on uh you know what's going on as far as uh development on on BCH um you know other than my my very surface level understanding but uh I do spend a lot of time uh in in the community in the weeds uh um, and, you know, listening to people discussing things and, uh, there's certainly uh, a percentage of people who are like, you know, why aren't we changing faster? Right. Uh, I, I hear these kinds of things often. Why, why don't we change faster? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Right. There's, there's a lot of talk of, we need to change this and that and this and that you know, right or wrong. It doesn't matter. There's lots of talk of, of, of change. I've never heard a single person say we need to lock it down. I've never heard a single person say <laughs> we have to stop 
changing stuff, right? Uh, you know, it's it's just not a thing. It's not a thing that exists on BCH. There are no people who are like, okay, we're done. We're done. Uh, <laughs> there's there's absolutely nobody, at least publicly, uh, that I've heard say anything like that. Um, I, I find it, uh, you know, very ironic uh, what BTC has become. And even as far as marketing goes, like if you watch uh, television, uh, like American comedy or whatever, you know, Saturday Night Live or whatever, they don't talk about Bitcoin anymore. None of these shows talk about Bitcoin. They talk about crypto. Uh, the the last two two American television things I saw that mentioned uh, anything going on in the space were talking about crypto. They showed the Bitcoin like coin but they didn't say the name right uh they they just made jokes about crypto and how you lost all your money and, and etc uh but you know from a culture point of view you know bitcoin has become boomer coin um nobody there's nothing to talk about right there's there's nothing happening it's just dead it's really dead and i and the ctv drama was was uh really fascinating to see um i'm sure most people in the audience are not aware but uh a lot of the discussion that was going on about CTV was happening in a secret Telegram chat uh, that you had to pay Lightning uh, to join the conversation. Anybody could click on the link and, and read the posts that were happening. Um, and what was fascinating to me was that uh, the conversation was not about um, um, really uh, getting consensus it was about getting the blessing of of adam back right uh, but it couldn't be said like it couldn't be said. danced around it right yeah. yeah um and it was really fascinating to 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 watch and i think there probably are a lot of people uh on the btc side of things who are ogs who 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 drank the kool-aid back in the day and believe that you know, the Roger and Jihan are, are just out to destroy Bitcoin and the evil Chinese miners are going to take over and all of those things that, that we read at the time, right? That was a huge thing. I remember Luke, you know, when I was, you know, just studying the fork, like Luke and a bunch of other people were talking about evil Chinese miners. And, and at the time I thought like, oh yeah, I don't want uh, all mining to be centralized in one country, especially not under a, a communist government. But, you know, once <laughs> once the fork finished, they didn't care at all anymore about where the miners were located. That's a whole other thing. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a, a, lot, a lot of people who are, are you know, BTC OGs who, who actually believe that it will still be money for the world on some level. As soon as the developers fix lightning or, or whatever magic bullet uh, wonder weapon uh they think is in the pipe but they're not even willing to explore the changes necessary to have uh these wonder weapons uh, uh become active right like lightning is going to take whatever 130 megabyte blocks or whatever like they're, just, they're not willing to do those things so you know it's 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 not going to be usable it's just not going to be usable for people yeah yeah no. that's, that's what i was saying that people are that are serious about actually using it they're going to have no choice but to, to move on. And that may be Bitcoin Cash. That may be something else, whatever it is. Who knows? I, uh, sorry, Jeremy. I know you were going to say something after that. I want to say something about um, the BCH governance stuff. 
all right now it's kind of uh slipped out of my head what, what was i gonna say <laughs> sorry oh, what, oh no no sorry. i was gonna say okay i was gonna say okay so uh what i was gonna say about ossification was i think the reason i mean whoever swallowed the propaganda they they did that right but the what people don't understand about decentralization even though you know everybody loves decentralized we've got to have more decentralization and all that sort of stuff what they don't understand is that uh decentralization is very hard to to direct and uh it also it sets in kind of quietly right decentralized stuff wins it's like the moss creeping over the boulder or something like that and so i think there's still a sense that i get from a lot of people who are in BDC who never work in Minsa by BCH or whatever, you know, that th what they haven't understood is the the frog is cooked. Like it's too late now. It's they still feel like, oh yeah, no, but everybody's still got genuine intentions. And when the, you know, irons to the fire, like everybody will rally together and uh come <laughs> no. up with whatever, you know, but that's that's done. Like you what it's it is essentially ossified, if not in um in uh reality or in you know the code it's ossified in terms of the people that are in charge and have got the hands on the lever of power and the culture of millions of people you literally can you know whoever is bought into bitcoin bdc has done so it's a self-fulfilling cycle of the people who want what that is promising and they're going to be the ones who are going to be upset if it's changed and so then it trends more in that direction it drags in more people who buy into that same story about we're not going anywhere the like it's going to be literally impossible to ever dig their way out of that. And by contrast, BCH is a, definitely a smaller community, but it's a much healthier one. And new people that arrive will buy into a healthier you know, narrative. And that just compounds on itself. Like I said, over the next, you know, several years, once the BCH community starts swelling but that message in a decentralized way is spreading out to them the culture of how things are done here and you know what the game plan is that's not something you can revert and it's also going to make it very very difficult or hopefully impossible for an, a, the same thing to happen again because we just preserve that story and keep telling people look this is what happened in the fork here's what happens if you go wrong peer-to-peer -peer cash can i freaking send you some money and you give me an apple if you're not doing that on-chain non-custodial it's not bitcoin cash got it like and that just <laughs> spreads to every every different person so everybody should remember that john yeah oh yeah uh, just on, on that point that you were saying um uh, a good response not not in an argumentative way but in a kind of elucidation way to help people see things clearly if someone in btc ecosystem ever says to me like you know oh well all we have to do is increase the block size and you know it blows bch out of the water or something like that and i'm like well no that doesn't even work but even if you if, even if you think that's true um what are the what's the risk of a split right just ask them what's the risk of a split and and they're like yeah <laughs> right like they just mm -hmm. yeah because like you said there, there's so much momentum on no change that um any change starts to bring up a huge risk of a split and even that is going to be shut down hard what's that well even taproot there was some controversy and and uh you know some very uh i guess uh non-existent uh 
power play, but uh, Taproot was a little bit contentious as well. Yeah, a little bit, but it obviously had the blessing in the end. Right. No, it was about the activation method. Well, that's where it's just, yeah. it's just, again, it's well, just the boiling, I mean. the boiling frog. It was over the activation method. And now this time it's over the activation method as well as the actual thing. So it's like, yeah. you know, the first one was you can't fork the, you can't increase the blocks because you don't have consensus. And then it was, well, you can't fork because you don't have consensus unless you have the UASF like shenanigans going and then it was well you need to have that and you've got to have this taproot speedy trial activation and now it's moved on to well you got to have speedy trial and it can only be a soft fork and you can't be accused of being a, a B casher and also you have to <laughs> <laughs> also you have technical to play consensus. by yeah that's right you need technical consensus you got to have the Whatever economic knowns it's got to be so vaguely yeah. defined that nobody fucking knows and it's just it's just the the wheel is just it's like a yeah it's like a car that's starting to rust because it's not driving anywhere just <laughs> everything is just rusting it's just sinking into the mud it's never going to drive anywhere so i don't know <laughs> all right so let me move on to the bch um yeah uh cheap lightning brought up a good point which is lots of people have ideas right that uh something should change this should change or the block size should be faster i mean the block uh um time should be shorter Interval, or, yeah. or whatever all kinds of ideas right um and the, that's something that bch has somewhat uniquely solved in crypto of course nobody knows if it's going to be uh, uh, a solution that lasts forever but it works well for now and it's pretty unique and that, that's like right the chip process where there's a shelling point that um everybody agrees how to do upgrades and they agree because they agree that's the nature of shelling points, right? The, um, as long as everybody follows it, then everybody's following it. Um, but but the, the answer to why don't things change faster is that uh, you don't, one, you don't change a money network quickly. You don't, it's not a fail fast scenario, right? It's not like Silicon Valley where you can change your app, break your database, um, piss off 50% of the users and then be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because we're still growing and we'll just fix it and we'll fix all the old things that had bugs or errors or whatever. With money, you can't do that, right? You can't cause somebody to lose their life savings and then be like, well, you know, shit happens. Um, so, <laughs> so, right, you, that's one thing. It's not a fail fast system. That's not how it works. Um, if, if you're serious about people performing commerce and economy on your on your chain. So yeah, things happen very carefully and deliberately over time and they're predictable and you know what's going to happen ahead of time, far ahead of time. You know what's coming down the road and you know what you're going to have to to do to deal with things. Um, and the other is that uh, I, I forget what I was going to say. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but, not but anyway, again. Not again. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah. So the, the whole governance process is 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 a big deal. And, and it's something that BCH has uniquely been sorting out and, and figuring out and, and stumbling our way through a little bit. But we're trying to thread that needle. Like we've been trying to do that for a long time. And and I think we're further ahead on that than than I think any other chain is on actually figuring out a way to make the changes that are needed without uh, without breaking things. Oh, right. And, and the other thing that, that the chip process does is it removes the Adam backs and the, the Omri Sachets and the people who want to be gatekeepers on what changes. Actually, I think some of them didn't 
necessarily, you know, on some chains like Vitalik and, and stuff, they don't want necessarily to be gatekeepers, but they are, um, whether they want to or not. And, and chip process has, has established a way to do that where you don't need to have a particular person who gives the, the blessing to, to what changes are going to happen. And that's, that's pretty unique. So yeah, I, I think we have a, a good thing going on, on governance and finding a way forward that does that threading of the needle. I to agree. learn more I... about the chip process, please visit the Satoshi's Angels yeah. YouTube channel where we recently made a video. <laughs> or look up yes. my FAQ, which is yeah, uh, that's uh, sure. Bitcoin Cash Governance. And that video is linked in that uh, oh, hey, in that explanation with, uh, with the stuff, Bitcoin Cash Podcast. Yeah, Jimmy, you, your, your FAQ thing is, is really good. Um, it's underutilized. Uh, when, when I've looked at it, you have really good explanations for things. I think people should use that more. It's a great resource. I'm slowly building it up. I mean, the idea is that people are not going to go back and watch, you know, if you watch every episode of the yeah. podcast, you can get all those same explanations sprinkled in here and there, right. but you know, people especially, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But sometimes people have just got to, that's the kind of thing we, and they all sort of interlink to each other is good as well too. Cause people can read one thing and then, Oh wait, this connects to that. You kind of need to understand the mentality as a whole uh, complete ecosystem. And, and just on that point of the chip process and stuff, I think, you know, a key part as well too, that is hard one that other chains, even if in their mind, they can just, you know, sort this stuff out themselves. It's not really that simple is you've got to be able to back it up with the fact that we do have a bunch of node teams that are as far as I could tell independent, you know, and so maybe BCHN is sort of uh, the, the main guys at the moment a little bit, but firstly, they just seem to be a little bit of a collective. It wasn't like a, a, a designed thing thing like they were all under one umbrella more just like well this is how it worked out so i could you know it seems feasible at least from my understanding that there would be a future where there was a disagreement and they kind of split off and they made two separate sub teams or joined the other node implementations according to who they preferred or whatever i could see that uh scenario happening but also uh you know and and there are credible alternatives that that could take over but there's also just the history that it is baked into the community's story that it tells itself and the history of people who've who've been around and what is taught to newcomers to the community that look there's been three forks like if the community wants you out you got to go like that's it you know <laughs> and it might be easy for another chain to think yeah the community is gonna just rise up and overrule the you know the devs or the foundation or whatever manifestation this kind of central, you know, power is in charge of. But that means at the end, you know, at a certain point, you're essentially going, going, signing up for a civil war, the crypto civil war. And if you don't have a community that a says, look, we're going to, we're going to pull out all the stops when that happens and doesn't have a track record of, you know, it worked out and we came through the other side better, even though it was very painful you know, if you're one of these other currencies to get to earn that status, you, you, you're going to have to go through like BCH has been through tons of turmoil, loads of people dropping out of the scene, momentum slowing down, your price cratering, all these, it's all these costs you're going to have to pay to earn that community resiliency and, and mentality. And almost no coin can, can afford that. They will be, they will just die trying to yeah. get through that gauntlet one time let alone three times and yeah and you know. what we learned with the chip process of the reason a big part of developing it was that you know splits are not 
there's a huge cost to those things, like you said, right? You just die. In most cases, you just die. The, the network dies effectively. So yeah, there's a huge cost to it that, that people um, minimize sometimes. And that's big part of CHIP is um, not, of course, splits can happen, right? Like anyone today can get a minor, get an ASIC and go split the chain if they want to, right? It's just a question of what actually happens with that split. And that's a big part of the chip process because a lot of the changes that people propose, they don't realize it, but they're really bad ideas. Um, <laughs> and, and, and of course, among those, there's going to be some good ideas, but that's the whole point of the chip process is that the default, uh, oh, this, this is a great idea. It doesn't matter. No, the, the network is not interested until you've actually put in the long hours and the communication and the coordination to actually figure out if it really is a good idea or not. And by the time you've done that, and by the time you've convinced everybody that it is a good idea, well, it's already baked in and there's no need for a split, right? So yeah, yeah it, it's getting ahead of, of the whole split because splits start socially, not technically. They're not technical problems. Um, they're, they're social social problems. So it gets ahead of that and, and, it, and it either, you know, shunts you off to the side because you had a bad idea or you aren't actually willing to be a stakeholder and put skin in the game and make it happen or it's actually a good idea and, and everybody starts to buy into it and then it just happens so yeah it gets ahead of that social split yeah that's amazing and yeah i think i, I guess yeah I, I like that there's those two elements to it so on the first hand is we've now got a process where they shouldn't or we should minimize the risk of splits and i yes think that that's unlikely and i said on one of the earliest episodes of this podcast i've reiterated since i haven't seen any sign that there would be another split and i don't see one going forward especially as um momentum starts building and, and we, or it already has been you know everybody's happy basically like things are working things are rolling in the right direction so there's so you know the cracks start up the angst starts up when things are going uh badly according to the community's own metrics which again because the bch community is less focused on the price or less focused on what's flavor of the month this week they're less worried about that but the important things started moving in the right direction and people can understand that so on average they're they're happy i think that's uh, really important but on the other hand i also like the fact that if push came to shove bch could 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 live through another fork i i'm i believe it you know and that's really important because you want to have those two things. You want to have a chip process so you never need to have a fork. And you also want to know that if there is a, if it worse comes to worse, you've still got the fork and you can still just kick out whoever's causing grief if they find their way in there. So all this is to say, we got to, we got to move on to the next slide. I don't know how much <laughs> time, you, like, I don't know if you guys want to do another hour or not, but uh, we've got, we've still got a few slides, but uh, I don't know how, how you feeling. We, uh, for for time, how, the how time fast are we going to get through this? Okay, all right. I've got more coffee than you. So okay, right. perfect, perfect. All right. Well, I just wanted to touch on on quickly then uh, Bitcoin SV, who haven't been mentioned on this show very much at all uh, in throughout the whole Sorry, run. What? <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin SV. They've, oh, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> they they haven't been really. Uh, mentioned very much but i i keep a bit of an eye on them because i you know there's a few coins i like to follow in there they're one of them because i think as time goes on like we've just been talking about the bc and the bch thing time is the ultimate sort of uh div divisor or separator of 
of things, especially when in the case of a split, they literally started as the, the same thing. Um, and you just see things play out differently. And I think the BCH community can take a lot of lessons of where are we doing things right and where are we doing things wrong? Like mostly I think it's right, but it's still also handy to see, okay, from another perspective, what, are, what is their community concerned with or what are they learning or what are they focusing on or, or doing, where are they doing well? And I've just noticed recently that we just had this uh, comments from Twitch, who are some sort of social media BSV app. I don't really know much about it, but they were commenting on Twitter. Here's what needs to happen for BCH to win at Roger Ver. Uh, unfuck op return limit, re-enable Bitcoin script, increase block size, lower fees, 10x or so. Sincerely, the CTO. And they had these kind of follow-up tweets where they were saying, if you guys put this changes in, we'll like, we've got all our devs ready and we'll come and join oh, BCH Thanks. and everything awesome. like that. Awesome. And I just, and it's going to be totally different than it was on BSV. Like it's that's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> right. Because it's weird. They're like, guys, we'll come back to BCH. If you turn BCH into BSV, you put in all yeah, these right. things that, that we say <laughs> is needed. And it's like, you've already got that on BSV. It should be, so you've got what you want. Is it going great? Why? What? Right. Well, okay. Why? I have two, two comments, and then I'd prefer not to talk about BSV. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but just short. One, second. one is that, like I just said, we have the chip process. Um, if you think these are amazing and really good changes for BCH, go for it. Right, like convince the the, the ecosystem. It's not going to happen because you fucking pinged Roger Bear to make the change what a fucking idiot so yeah um if you want changes to happen um then then make them happen and convince the ecosystem that they're a very good idea uh the default answer for everyone regardless of the size of your bank account or your voice is no um until you've actually convinced uh businesses stakeholders users investors um the technical teams, so forth, until you've convinced everybody that it's a good idea, it's not a good idea. Um, so that's one thing. Um, yeah, and then the other is just that BSV is obviously having some kind of meltdown, right? They're, they're disintegrating with splits and something going on over there. So, uh, right, somebody who's desperate to, to, to find a, a new home to, to live in, um, yeah, sure. Come use BCH, but uh, don't expect to be given a platform um, for 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 no good reason. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, <clears throat> if you're if you're not happy with SV and you want to move to BCH, well, then you have to adapt, right? Uh, if if you if you want to be a guest <laughs> in someone's house, you don't you know go in and say hey, uh, open up all the windows. I know it's winter. And also, uh, you know, we're, we're having ice cream for dinner. And like, it just, you know, it, whether or not that's awesome, it doesn't matter. You just don't do it. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spend any more time on this either. But, but uh, you know, pinging Roger for some reason, you know, he's not a developer. Like, I don't, like, uh, I guess, I guess if you can convince Roger that getting Twitch would be the best thing in the world, then he could try and but at the end of the day it's just going to be a whole lot of fluff unless someone sits down and starts a chip so get chipping boys yeah. chip away at to, it. 
that's yeah. slogan. <laughs> Chip away. To to answer why Roger Ver probably because they're accustomed to Calvin and Craig, right? Like you convince uh, Calvin and or Craig that something is a good idea and it happens because they own BSP. So right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we don't have to spend any more uh, good time on this, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's really, you know, important. It's, it's just to me, it's like uh, actions speak louder than words. And when once you get this sense, and I think we will see this at some point, we're going to see it too with the BDC people. There's going to be a point at which it's going to be like, ah, oh, but couldn't you guys be a bit more like us? But we kind of want to join up with you. Like, <laughs> it already it speaks, you know, it speaks volumes, right? Once somebody's saying like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of come back if you'll meet me halfway it's like you're already meeting <laughs> us all the way because yeah. you're out see if you want to come back it's on you you know we don't we don't care no, so, I, yeah. I i guess i should say one thing i have heard a bunch of people like oh we should welcome people back right and i'm like okay there's a big difference like cheap lightning said between saying between saying um you want to use bch use it like there's lots of people using bch who don't make noise about it and don't mm have uh silly opinions or you know that they spout all over the place about things there's lots of users of bch who don't make a lot of noise um so there's a huge difference between saying okay sure use bch of course you're welcome it's a permissionless network and saying you know oh come up on the stage and let everybody listen to this guy who was doing some insane shit somewhere else that doesn't make any sense and uh, let's welcome them. Like, no, there's a big difference there. To use the chain, absolutely. Everybody's welcome to use it. To, to like, give people a platform and, and um, amplify their voice, uh, no. Please. Yeah, you got to earn that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very important. And I think we, we need to sort of set the, the ground rails in now as well too, because I expect that the, especially if there gets a certain point of hype, if BCH, you know, rises up a few places on coin market cap and a bunch of other people you know start kind of coming in well that's going to come in two flavors right one is just going to be crypto noobs or you know people who've never had any crypto who are just going to be like that's going to be their first thing how does this all work and so they're going to sort of adjust to the vibe right but as you rise up the ranks especially these days you're likely to get more converts who are already dug in a bit on another chain who for one reason or another think oh maybe i could jump ship and then they're gonna try and join your community but also bring their old you know mentality or their old way of doing or their old understanding of things in with them and and so we do want them which as is part fine. Of our you, ecosystem. you get that new yeah. blood yeah yeah, yeah. You, but, uh, you do get the new blood the new ideas but but um most ecosystems haven't faced um enemy action so to speak like like bch has right like actual fighting like hash wars and so forth where um there, there's a huge amount of economic damage that happens and and so the voices i hear saying oh we should invite these guys in why don't we put them on the stream and have a talk and i'm like yeah because you haven't been punched in the face yet like you haven't been burned hard by bad ideas before like you really got to be careful with who you who you put on the stage and who you talk to, right? Craig was such a perfect example of that. He came in and because he had money and the backing of some clueless billionaire, um, then suddenly he had a voice and he had like a, a, a first place at the table, right? And then it's like, wait a minute, he's literally saying that he said this, he's, 
totally full of shit. Why does he have a place at the table, right? Um, so yeah, get chipping. If, if you want things to happen, then convince the ecosystem, but just having a voice or money isn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Important that we've got that, uh, kind of built in. All right. Next thing in more sort of positive news and sort of somewhat, uh, related to this actually was the Bitcoin cash research, uh, site. I was having a bit of a look on there. Another great resource that everybody should go and, check out i'm sure they're always open to more contributors and especially devs uh might be interested you know some more technical chat and stuff going on there um but i think it was rucknium did this analysis Mm -hmm. of uh the coins and this is uh kind of coming back to our points about blockchain analysis and stuff this is actually one of the very uh, few cases where this is very highly pertinent and uh, accurate in a sense because it's looking at a crypto specific thing with through a crypto lens of um did an analysis of looking back to at the point that bitcoin split into bdc and bch what were all the coins then and then obviously they all got duplicated right onto bdc and bch and it's now been nearly five years and so you can see of those coins which ones have moved right which ones were moved and were they moved on both sides or one side or neither and which did they move first or, or whatever right and basically found, so I've got a chart here and people can look at this, uh, you know, thread link if they want to read. There was more charts and breakdowns and all this kind of stuff was going on, right? Uh, so if you're interested, you can dig into it a lot. But the, the headliner is that of all the Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash that there was at the time of the split, 26.4% of it hasn't moved. It hasn't been spent on either chain, right? And so presumably about the vast majority of that is is probably just gone forever right hodling like that for you know uh five years through multiple splits that you could have cashed in on at the very least if you didn't believe in them or whatever is 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 a big move i'm sure there's some it's definitely not going to be zero but there's got to be some amount you know there's a probably a pretty minimal amount so that's about four million uh um thousand sort of bitcoins uh right so that's about 26.4 percent of the bitcoins at the time of the split uh then there's about another 1.3 million or 8.1 percent which has been spent on bdc but not on bch so some percentage of that is probably bdc people who move their coins and whatever but will never get their bch because they didn't realize they could cash it in or they've you know lost that wallet or whatever several years ago or maybe they just don't care because the value is relatively less and if the price ratio is reversed suddenly they would be digging back through their old wallets <laughs> to find that uh bch is also a possibility there's 1.6 percent that has been spent on bch but not spent on on bdc and that would i would guess probably you know largely be bitcoin maxis that are sort of cashing out that were like all right i'm I'm done with this, just but just let me add to my cold storage that I'm not moving anywhere, maybe. And then 63.8% or a bit over 10.5 million BCH has been, or 10.5 million Bitcoin has been spent on, on both chains. So this kind of, yeah, has a few different things to, mm. to point out. I, I do feel like, okay, about 4.3 million Bitcoin lost forever. Sounds about right to me, you know, 1 million Satoshis, maybe, you know, two or three, 3 million 
from the rest of the ecosystem, particularly in the early days before it was super valuable, about 10.5 million Bitcoin, you know, BCH currently circulating, you know, uh, plus the ones since the fork, obviously. So that will add a, add a bunch. So what's this 14, 15, 16. So let's add another 3 million. So maybe 13 or 14 million BCH currently actively in circulation. Sounds about right to me. And uh, yeah, basically it just kind of makes the point that probably at this point, if anybody was in BTC who wanted to sell their BCH, they pretty much have. And so that's, I think, also why the community is starting to, you know, congeal a bit more on the main vision and stuff. And going forward, if it starts to get momentum, there won't suddenly be people coming out of left field, you know, to crash the party because they've sold out and they don't care anymore or at least, you know, they can't <laughs> dump on the price pretty much. So I don't know, any thoughts on on any of this kind of analysis? Yeah, I just think it's it's interesting to be able to say, you know, there's, right, the, the spent and spent can't happen accidentally, right? Yes. That's one thing that can't happen accidentally. So vast majority of what's going to be um, moved from the split has been moved. That, that's that's a big point. I didn't I didn't realize that was the case. Mm. Um, and the rest of it, yeah, who who knows how it'll be done? But it, like you said, it's 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 a very small percent now, so it's kind of out of out of the picture as far as having a an unknown in the background, right? It's it's not really an unknown anymore. It's just you know what what the ecosystems do from here on. That's right. Yeah, things just I just thought it was a fascinating example of how it is. Yeah, like the ecosystems diverge over time. And in this case, they literally have uh, diverged in terms of the the blockchain, but it just comes back to all those same things like time, time just takes its, you know, time takes its toll on each uh, community in, in a different way. And, you know, yeah, for BCH specifically being the minority side of a fork is so, so, so painful because you have everybody on the majority side uh, dumping you out of existence, basically. And you have to weather that storm. And, and maybe that's something that BCH has actually successfully done. All right. I'm next really curious. Oh, go on. Just, just one last thing. I'm really curious what, what uh, the, the first category there of unspent coins. I'm really curious what percentage of those coins moved pre-fork but post satoshi mm -hmm. disappearing like in yeah, that yeah, range yeah. right uh you know the there's certainly a percentage of people who around the fork time were just like okay my coins are in cold storage i'm just not going to touch anything and then you know 30 years down the road we'll see who came out on top and i'll cash out then you know if if, if you want to cash out and not use it as cash but uh, uh yeah, I'm really curious what uh, what percentage of of coins didn't move even before the fork as well. So, so uh, like the yeah, the 2012 to 2016, like what coins were spent in there, but then not spent after the fork. Right. Uh, you know, I, I you hear stories about people who threw away their laptop that had 10,000 bitcoins on it or whatever. Right. So there's probably a bunch of those people. I'm really curious what what uh, what percentage of coins we can relatively safely say are never going to move again right yeah yeah yeah. well maybe i don't know dig, dig into the thread i don't think that was one of the things but there was some more analysis and there was okay. it was done by um you know yeah. how many outputs were spent as well as this is by how much uh value was spent but some of it was by how much 
uh, how many outputs were moved and stuff like that so there was a yeah there was a bunch uh, uh more but yeah we can do a whole uh breakdown of it on this show all right next one community comment of the week so this is the longest community comment of the week uh it's a pretty intense one but i had to read it out because this is just a killer comment and there's going to be some thoughts about this uh one way or another i'm i'm sure so this one comes from on reddit rbdc font of all great bitcoin discussion and as i'm just trying to get my um there we go um it comes from u underscore a two q underscore x uh, who said who responded to a thread by mountainous fog who was asking is faith in the coin the number one thing which keeps 99.999% of coins alive and which prevents them from crashing to zero so um, basically the yeah the topic is like could it just be exploitable to short a coin and then put out a ton of fud and uh, then the coin crashed to zero basically what happened to luna almost in, in a way like couldn't that just wreck any coin in crypto was basically the question and like couldn't bch be in that you know camp as well too i guess before investing in it and so 2q underscore x replied oh man this is actually quite long but it's good i promise all right so the reply is no it's math so this is no it's math uh, backing the coin not faith compounding rates specifically bitcoin like currencies have about a 1.5 percent annual issuance rate the Fed was increasing the M3 supply 24% annually for the last two years. Inflation will catch up with the dollar in a few years, and the price of coins will catch up when shorts have to cover or roll over their positions, which could be soon. Since 2017, the US dollar has been diluted 58% in total. And with manipulation, if someone made 330 million shorting 100,000 BCH in 2017, it would only take 18 million to lock up all the coins they sold and prevent them from doing it again. We basically gained 30x leverage in hard currency without leverage. And that 18 million is getting cheaper by the day, like having 11 million in 2017. For most of the decent currencies, the manipulators are trying to keep the price below the 2017 all-time high for two reasons. They want to invoke a death spiral narrative and two, they don't want to recapitalize their initial short position. They can borrow as many coins as they can to short, but eventually that are going to be borrowing coins just to pay back borrowed coins. We're moving real money from people who think they have it in a, quote, custodial app into our own wallets for pennies on the dollar. And we're screaming at the people getting scammed to stop thinking for a moment that those ever work in quotes of their coins. Decentralized currencies don't die like companies. The Dogecoin squeeze last year is proof of that. If you know what you saw. What hedge funds were doing to companies was appalling, but decentralized projects aren't like companies. They are designed to never stop. The main goal is resiliency against attacks and uptime. If someone is stupid enough to short a decentralized fixed issuance currency to make a triangle in a hyperinflationary fiat chart, they're too stupid to have access to sound money. The exchanges that loaned ultra-hard currencies didn't know enough math to honor their fiduciary responsibilities. The collective sum of coins that everyone holds in apps like Robinhood, Square, PayPal, Venmo, Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, and Cash App is exactly zero. We told everyone that again and again. If the exchange's bankruptcy claims are denominated in the coins they lost, the amount owed in fiat will never go down. The Mt. Gox hack was $450 million at the time. It's $25 billion today. 
no exchange that loans coins is going to survive in the long run and none of them will make customers whole. So that was, that was a lot. And it's a lot to take in. I had to read this comment like several times, but basically the gist of it is that not your keys, not your coins is kind of working its way into the financial system with these huge companies like Coinbase and Gemini and whatever that are taking people's coins in on exchanges and they're loaning them out to other people to get an interest rate, right? But at the end of the day, every you know the blockchain makes sure that there's only 21 million BCH, even if the exchanges get a bit loosey-goosey with the numbers. And especially as time goes on and the price of crypto rises over time, like happened with uh, Mount Gox, if they lost 118,000 Bitcoin and then the regulators come and say, look, you've got to pay these people back, well, they've still got to pay 118,000 Bitcoin, even if the fiat price of that has, you know, 10x or whatever in the in the meantime. So they're guaranteed to be underwater uh, in terms of, you know, the, the creditors are basically going to take a haircut, right? They have to have lost their money. And so the general premise is that Everyone in crypto who's not thinking, not your keys, not your coins, at any one time, the chances that they are ever going to get their money back from the exchanges is constantly going down because the exchanges are always trying to make uh, you know, money by doing these shorting and loaning schemes. And the more of it they do, the more sort of fake crypto ends up uh, floating around rather than, but the blockchain will, will, not, <laughs> will not let that stand, which is the whole point of the the system and so we're going to see a lot of issues in the future with people who didn't understand any of this um getting wrecked as they lose their their coins but you know at the end of the day there's no there's no bailouts right there's no federal reserve that can come in if if there was a bank run on you know coinbase or binance or whatever at the end of the day a lot of people would end up without their they there would be nothing they could do if it if it ended up with everyone withdrawing so yeah i don't know that was a very long comment and i recommend people to i don't know maybe re-listen to that uh readout or or check the the thread or whatever because it's just it's a very big comment if you if you really think through what it what it's all about the flip side of that is as the the tether bailout which we talked about before right so um uh there's an opposite direction of this which is um if i put my tinfoil hat on a little bit right i kind of see tether as controlled opposition now um the fact that those guys are not in jail um strongly suggests that they've cut a deal of some sort right Um, to me to me it suggests that so uh from from that perspective um Right, I, I see Tether as more like uh, it, it's it's the the sort of Damocles that that the Fed or whoever is holding over crypto. Right, hey, if we ever need it to crash, we have the tool to to make it crash and uh, and you know kind of short circuit this type of concern by just you know making people panic and try to get out. Um, so Luna was a shot across the bow then. <laughs> something like that yeah yeah well i mean i mean luna just failed by itself i think yeah. i mean the, the the guys who were running it seemed to have gotten out like like bandits right they they took a, mm. a huge payout from that whole setup and their creditors potentially some of them but the, the all the little people involved in it i think got screwed but yeah. um i think that was just its own thing but yeah tether is is massively larger than that and um 
Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a, a pretty useful tool. I if I were if I were wanting to to put a CBDC out in the world, um, I would surely want people to lose confidence in crypto. Um, and Tether would be a great way to accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, I think the lunar blow up might have at least woken up a few more you know people to the the problems here and that's definitely why it's critical that we again it all just comes back to community education and also the more peer-to-peer commerce you have going on the less people are going to be affected by some you know tether blow up and the more exactly speculator focused you are exactly the more everyone's going to get rocked and lose all their money yeah it all comes down to that if people are actually using it then they'll be like oh that sucks over there i'm glad i'm not over there (laughs) right (laughs) but if if we don't have an actual functional economy running on on crypto bitcoin cash or whatever then that that doesn't work like that right you're actually living in the legacy finance system and you do get denominated will lose confidence Yeah. yeah i think i would be a little disappointed if tether implodes and the price of bch because of all this community resilience doesn't go down because i'm like eagerly <laughs> waiting for that day no it's gonna go down just hopefully it's not it's not gonna be well that's why the lunar case is the classic right because lunar just completely blew up and every other crypto took a dip of like 10 to 20 percent or whatever right and i mean honestly that's not too bad like that's especially since it was across the board and not like a tether might be a bit more lopsided in terms of which coins were more sharply affected than others right which ones were more uh, pegged into all that uh, ecosystem but you know it's still like well that <laughs> Luno went to zero yeah. and so whoever was in that you had finished your portfolio that's it end of story but uh, everyone in all the other cryptos it's like okay overall everyone was a bit shaky but at the end of the day people were like ah well that was them like <laughs> that wasn't me so you know and just thinking back to the episode that we did with uh, Bennett, where he he was laughing yeah. at you, name I think for being like, oh, we'll still go down, we'll just go down less. Where the perpetual <laughs> like number go up, we've got number go down. Yeah. Perfect. Right. That that'll anti-hype. get him in the door. Exactly. Oh, anti hype! I forgot about that man. Yeah, get that anti hype. Yeah. yeah. Got some anti hype. Perfect. Bennett, Bennett thought we were pretty entertaining with the uh, the anti hype. Right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad he was able to have a laugh with us, crypto folk as well. Once in a while. <laughs> All right. Next one. We've got meme of the week. So this one is from at Janinho Sao on Twitter, who posted a link, just straight up a link to a Reuters article, which said to invest in crypto assets in the country surveyed. The ECB said. With regard to financial literacy, respondents who scored either at the top level or the bottom level in terms of financial literacy scores were highly likely to hold crypto assets. And then they <laughs> combined that with the meme template of the the midwit meme, which is on the left, you have like the caveman idiot person at 0.1% IQ of the bell curve. And then you have the bell curve. And at the top, you have the the like salty midwit who's just crying and always has some complicated rationalization that still is like you're a bit of an idiot and then at the top side you have the i don't know super cool hacker smart guy or, or whatever who's <laughs> in the, the 145 iq 
And the joke always is that the stupidest people in the room and the smartest people in the room are thinking the same thing. And the like <laughs> idiots in the middle have their like very complicated, but nevertheless, like, self-assuring but wrong like reasoning and that's what the you know it's not like the ecb said well we did a survey and we found that all the people who had no financial literacy love crypto which you think they'd love to say but instead it was like well it was the dumbest the very dumbest people and the very <laughs> smartest so if you you know it was actually a few of the geniuses are getting involved wow. too so this is clearly not just nothing but on the other hand you know so congratulations to everyone listening to this show you're either in the bottom one percent or the top one percent of uh, <laughs> the iq bell curve so it uh, it's an exercise oh. for the reader to determine which uh which, which part of the bell curve you're in but i can confirm that you're not in the in the middle portion of uh well, midwits congratulations to the low low end people you're gonna get dragged to the top it's wonderful awesome. <laughs> well that's why this meme is so good it's one of my favorite right? meme formats i always Great. i always okay. really enjoy it because it's it's it kind of just it's like a truth of the universe right like mm. sometimes the stupidest thing is the smartest thing like it's the most effective <laughs> in like in computer programming you see this all the time right like when you're a developer right you you when you start computer programming you often have very simple solutions to problems like we need to you know do this calculation why don't we just run it a hundred thousand times and you know we'll just get the answer eventually right we just guess and check or brute force right and then you have devs and they learn okay i can refactor code or i can do this or whatever and they make some complicated systems they actually make it worse and then after you've got enough experience, you come back, you know, full circle and you start realizing like, this is a problem. Like, let's just brute force it. Let's just let the computer do it. And so it was like the, you know, noob devs, even if their skill in implementing it was low, they at least had the right idea, you know? And <laughs> I just think a lot of things in, in life are like that. I, uh, like peer-to-peer -peer cash, you know? Take, take Taking this too seriously. Because I don't know how seriously to take this, but if I took this too seriously, I would want to know which of those two had the Luna. <laughs> was it the, was it the was it the smart ones or was it the oh, dumb ones? Because I'm not sure which one it would be. Oh. No, be, I think it's the midwits who had the Luna. Right? The, 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 the smart <laughs> so ones are... in crypto right but the midwit didn't have all oh, right yeah yeah true so it's got to be with the guy on the left or the guy on the right that had the well i think I don't know. a little bit of both i think we gotta zoom maybe, in here maybe. and be like okay even on like let's take out the midwits and we just remake this graph of the the low iq on one side and the high iq on the other you're gonna have midwits put the coins on too. on one side yeah <laughs> So I think you'd find the midwits in both of those camps probably ended oh, up with Luna, but I would, I would assume that the midwits and the high IQ camp dumped on the midwits and the low IQ camp. Yeah. So, just to be Maybe. fair, they said it's not IQ here, it's right, it's financial literacy. I'm not how right. sure they... Uh, uh, exactly maps to IQ, right? I've got, I've got a better resolution here. At the very bottom of the, of the meme graph, it says IQ score. It goes from 55 to 145. Yeah, but he's saying in the the ECB's analysis oh. was of the financial literacy, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I the think, original yeah. format is about the IQ, but All right. the, the I'm in the bottom them. score there. I'm in that low. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I think, well, I just say, I think that would be such a funny meme if somebody did this meme, but then they took the icons of the top, you know, 25 cryptos and they distributed them with like some next to the idiot, some next to the smart guy and some in the middle. Like maybe, maybe we can make that up and use it to just roast people uh, like, you know, cash with just the BCH logo and then cash with the BCH logo and then BDC and then oh, store of value and Michael Saylor told me that blah blah blah. Yeah, like some complicated, <laughs> like the dev said that we didn't have technical consensus and like blah 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 blah. I don't know. I just love this meme for I just think it's one of the most true, you know, humor just cuts right to the right to the point, really. <laughs> okay, last second last slide. I always call it the last that's not the last slide. Message to the community. So as per usual, cheap lining, you've already had one of these. So I think it's got to be urgent <laughs> reasons who gets to give them censorship. Censorship. Yes, that's it. You're censored. <laughs> You're out of here, mate. You better not uh, question me again or I'll kick you out of the call. <laughs> That'll be even worse, you know? Bye. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got to hear it, hear it first up. Emergent reasons. Message to the community. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as as usual, um, I think it's just build, right? Um, build commerce, build economy, do the thing, find a way that BCH is useful for you, right? Like, uh, if it's not useful for you, then then uh, don't use it. If you have ideas for how it can be useful and how it might help your business or how it might help uh, you to accomplish whatever it is that you're doing, start using it because. Um, I'll just predict that going forward, there's going to be growing pressure on everyone in the world, right? It, it's already there for, for so many people, for, for over a billion people. The, the pressure that they, they can't participate in what, you know, they talk about on the news, the headline of, you know, economy is doing great. No, it's not. <laughs> what are you talking about, right? The, the reality around people does not match what the headlines are. But I think that the number of people that are affected by that is going to be growing over time. And there's going to be pressure for people to find alternatives, to find other ways of doing things. Um, so look for it. Be the, be the first person that finds a way and shows people how to use permissionless money to, uh, to run a business, to run an organization, to do investments, to uh, you know, do a nonprofit, to help people. Whatever it is that you do, um, see if you can find a way, because you might be a trailblazer that, that uh, helps people that come after you with as this pressure, you know, CBDCs and so forth start to, um, uh, as that pressure starts to grow, people are going to be looking for alternatives and it'll be great if you are there and you figured it out already and can show people how to do things. So, uh, yeah, everybody keep, keep building and keep doing the thing. All right. Pretty excellent message to the community. I'd say there. So that will pretty much do it for the show. Thank you to all the, donators as as per usual thanks to my patreon ricky i've shielded about five times but check out bitcoincashpodcast.com loads of good stuff there start guide faq uh the music that i've made like recommended links links to all this the social media plays where you can follow this it's all there um so yeah go go check that out and uh well cheap landing you definitely get a uh shout out but i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna sneak mine and my first one in here too was going to be the zone crypto who's in the chat who yeah uh commented in for the first time and asked a couple questions and stuff and i don't know it seems to have really enjoyed it so uh you know shout out to you out there on the internet 
watching. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So that's me, Cheap Lighting. Where can people find you and what does the community need to hear? But <laughs> <laughs> Summarize it in 10 seconds. Uh, I, I'm just going to say uh, copy-paste everything John said uh, plus meow. Um, and then as far as finding me, uh, Cheap Lightning everywhere, we're all, you know, uh, we're all goods and services are, are available. Check out Cheap Lightning. There you go. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks. Imagine Raisins, final shout outs. Oh, shout outs? Yeah, you sure, get you got a shout out as well as a message to the community. It's, a, it's just like what? Christmas, you know. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to make one specific shout out. Um, so there's so many people doing amazing things and all kinds of interesting things and all kinds of different dimensions in Bitcoin Cash to to make this alternative money available, right? But I actually want to give a shout out inside the ecosystem. Um, so there's this guy that you guys may have heard of. He has a QR code for a face. Sometimes he looks like Jim <laughs> Friend. But um, IMU name is uh, criminally... Uh, underutilized uh, by uh, whales, by opinion leaders, by influencers, and so forth. Um, he is the strategist that has, uh, in my opinion, uh, kept Bitcoin Cash alive. Uh, people don't see it because they don't know how things have gone, how things have played out, like where the strategies that people have executed came from. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I want people to make use of him and listen to what he says more because uh, he, he's probably the best strategist in the, the Bitcoin Cash ecosystem. So I hope people will, will listen to what he's talking about and also consult with him when they have uh, some big decisions to make. That's my shout out. Great shout out, Chet. Any shout out this week? Nope, nothing. All right, well, that'll do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. Take care. Thanks, Jeremy. An unstoppable will kept the blockchain alive and community grit simply arrested the slide. Suffered plenty of hate from doubters on the sidelines. Drew on passionate drive where strength comes from inside. So this is your notice written down in these rhymes. You can stick with your bank or you can move with the times. Join us now or later on because I really...